Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 153. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is actually with me. What up, y'all? Back in the building. <laughs> it is so great to have the team back together. It's been too damn long. I'm telling you that right now. We have also got the young Mike Bond in the house. How you doing, brother? Good. Not feeling so young anymore after a bachelor party last weekend here in Vegas. This is back-to-back weekends. Back-to-back weekends Can't wait to get out of here. This will age you quickly. <laughs> that is for damn sure. We have got a lot to talk about. There is stuff in the news. We, of course, are here for UFC 222. But before we get to that, we got to welcome aboard our new sponsors, yes. Health IQ. MMA Roadshow is sponsored by Health IQ, an insurance company that helps health-conscious people like runners, cyclists, weightlifters, and vegetarians get lower rates on their life insurance. Go to healthiq.com road to support the show and see if you qualify. Now, of course, you're probably thinking uh, this is a joke. What is, what is a company called Health IQ doing? Uh, sponsoring a, 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 a show like the MMA Roadshow. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, life insurance is important stuff. It is. It's, I mean, look, the young Mike Bond, you're single. You don't have no kids. You're good. Maybe you don't need life insurance right now. But if you're like me, you got a wife, you got kids, you got to have life insurance. I'm telling you, it's important. No doubt. You, you really need to do it. What Health IQ can do is hook you up with lower rates. They can take a few lifestyle quizzes, submit some actual data with them, like race results. Runkeeper, I'm told, is an app that you can use. I've never used <laughs> what Runkeeper. What is it to run? Apparently, you can enter data. Like my man Brian Boyle over in, in the UK, I always that, see that mofo runs. He runs a lot. Like I always see, you know, he's posting Instagram of where he's like run and stuff like. That. So you can submit data like this. And what they can do, you can reach out to Health IQ, and they take you on a journey. They learn about your lifestyle and your choices. Basically, what they do is it's like getting good driver rates, right? So if you try to sign up, listen, my life insurance, I'm not going to lie, it's expensive. Because you know what I do? I tell them what my height is. I tell them what my weight is. (laughs) I tell them what my age is. Don't do that. And I tell them how much I drink every week. (laughs) And my life insurance rates are through the roof. But I got to take care of Danielle and Eli, right? Because one of the days I'm going to keel over, probably sooner rather than later. And I got to take care of them. Health IQ is for people not like me that do better, that make way better decisions. So if you're health conscious and you make better decisions than I do, they will help you out. Just reach out and they will hook you up with – you put in specific stats, information, things like that, and they're going to help you with a better rate. To see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com slash road or mention the promo code ROAD. When you talk to your Health IQ agent, it's as easy as that. That's what's up. All right, HealthIQ.com. Thank you for jumping on with us. Obviously taking care of of people not like us. (laughs) Well, I mean, now now I want to run more. Now I feel like I should take better health. I mean, you did. Uh, we did say about how I, I've been building the gym in the uh, in the garage, you yes. know, and I actually been using it. Yes. And uh, Angelo Reyes, the the famed boxing coach, came out and was uh, working with me a little bit. So I'm working on it. So this is this is good. This gives me another thing I really need to to pay attention to. So Health IQ, I'm going to be checking y'all out. That's for sure. That's what's up. All right, let's get into it. By the way, should we mention we've got we got, we got new guests? Now. We got we got crew. Uh, we should say by the way. They walk through with a, a a like a strong box of Coors Light, which God bless Coors Light. I'm I'm a fan. I'm good, I'm but good. we're good right now, sir. We are good right now, sir. It's a Ballast Point home game. It's a Ballast Point home game. There we started go. out early this evening with some watermelon Dorados, double India Pale Ale, and you know what? You know, 
Watermelon Dorado, you say, what the hell is a watermelon Dorado? But 10%, my friend. I don't know what a Dorado 10%. is, but if all Dorados taste as good as this watermelon Dorado, I want to have Dorados every day in my life. Mm. Mm. That's what's up. Not now, like Doritos. I have Doritos all the time, but Dorados <laughs> is a whole game Maybe change. You can have some Dorados, Doritos with your Doritos. Awful. <laughs> that would be terrible. Watermelon Doritos. All right. We're moving on to the Fathom IPA now, by the way. We should say Ballast Point. Got to love. Got to love our friends at Ballast Dude, that Point. Dude, they are some good stuff. I mean, like the, the watermelon uh, Dorado that we were talking about earlier is a double IPA, which if you guys like IPAs, it's double that. <laughs> <laughs> and it is twice as tasty. If you like one IPA, you like a double you IPA. You like it, right? And, you know, and, I, and we didn't. We never said who actually joined us here. <laughs> you so just I feel commented like on their beer. <laughs> 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 it doesn't matter. They brought beer. <laughs> but Danny Austin and Jose, Jose, Jose Young isn't here. Did you go with Jose? I like. I, I like. I go both. I go both. <laughs> I go both ways when it comes to this fine gentleman. Straight up Mexican dude. <laughs> but one thing I did say about Danny. <laughs> One thing I did say about Danny earlier, which Danny just proved, I said when Danny shows up for the road show, Danny brings alcohol. Danny don't mess around. Danny brings beer. It's not the finest beer. It's not a Ballast Point home wait, game. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, I mean, what? Well, no, it's oh, your sorry, course. Sorry. I gave you my course light. We just <laughs> went to go get food, and we got course light. I couldn't finish it, and I was like, here, you want this course light? And, of course, he's like, hell yeah, I want that course light. So, But I appreciate that you, you bring your stuff. You're you're game changer. That you you do what Canadians should be doing, which is being a good host in our country, the greatest country. You are the greatest sister country in the world. Oh Jesus! Little sister country. <laughs> oh Jesus! For a little wow. Girl. <laughs> wow. All right, that's let's harsh, get back man. to MMA because we have skewed far aside I'm sorry. right now. All right, I've had double IPAs already today. We 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 got a lot to talk about with UFC 222, and we're gonna get into that. Uh, but before I do this, because I want to talk about it with Mike Bond. And then I want to bring these guys on later and get their opinion as well. So before we get into 222, let's talk about some of the things that are happening right now. Um, why don't we start with Brock Lesnar? Let's start with Brock Lesnar, right? Last week, uh, we actually talked about maybe being at T-Mobile Arena. I, I should say, by the way, we didn't, we didn't even say this. We are at the Monte Carlo right now. J-Mo uh, chipped in for a, a room this week. Well, Splurge. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to expense it. But still, <laughs> I, but it's not coming out of my pocket. But we're at Splurge the Monte Carlo. We're at the Monte Carlo. And not only are we at the Monte Carlo, we actually got – we didn't pay for a room for the Park MGM, but we got the new remodeled room for the Park MGM, as it's going to be known very soon. Uh, so we're hanging out here. We're down on the strip. Very rare. You know, Las Vegas events normally, we, me and you, cold coffee, we go back home. It's a home game. This time we're actually hanging out with people on the road and enjoying ourselves a little bit. So I should say, last week we were going to be just across the street, Sunday night at T-Mobile Arena. Uh, Ronda Rousey made her, her debut uh, for the for, for the WWE. She didn't necessarily do anything, right, but she was there to do her contract she, signing. She got a little physical. She, she got there, right? Yeah, she, she threw, threw Triple, Triple H, H through a table. table. Yeah. That was awesome. He, he we more jumped and landed, but <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> she held his head as he jumped over yeah. and landed. Ah, she threw him, We right? were going to be there for that, but the WWE basically kind of um, – Ignored us? Yes, ignored us. Let's just <laughs> let's just let's just let's just say it like it is. They basically just told us they didn't they, right. they didn't need our presence at all. Uh, but while that was happening, um, we see this picture: Brock Lesnar and Dana White. Right? Dana White throws out the picture on Twitter and Instagram, puts a little smiley face on there. Um, now I went ahead and and maybe I'm a 
an idiot or a dork like that. I went the extra reporter route uh, just to make sure. I texted Dane. I'm like, is that actually a current picture? Because it could have very easily been like an old picture, right, that they just no, had together. the right move to make. Um, so I, I, I did go ahead such and reach out journalist. to Dana. You're such a journalist. I, I know. How, I, dare, I, you, how I, dare you do your job? I did reach out <laughs> and make sure that that was a current picture. Um, and he was like, yes, it is a current picture. Uh, it, it was taken at is 5 p.m. Is that how he answered you? Yes, it is, John. Well, sorry, it was, it was <laughs> it a text message. It is a current message. picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know how Dana is. Why, sir? very proper in Why, his Why, John? Text. How are Why, you? Why, John? Thank you very much for asking me. Yes, But he did is. say, he was like, hey, this was 5 o'clock. Uh, I didn't ask, but I is that paint? Is that, that painting, that picture that was in, is that at the office? I'd have to go back and look. I'm not I don't sure remember. what you guys I don't doing. either. I've, I've been in Dana's office once, the new office. I've been in there once, and I didn't. Yeah, I haven't seen I, his new office. Okay, so yet. it's huge, and he hates it, and he's doing stuff there. But but he's still got a toilet in his room. He still has a toilet in his room. So he's he. So anyway, that did happen, and uh, I did actually. Uh, on top of that, I asked him if he was going to the event. He said I'm not going to the event, but he did say I am going to have dinner with Rhonda. Hmm. Uh, a couple text messages back and forth. He did say um, that Rhonda's way happier than she's been in forever, and uh, so so it seems that way. All those things were happening. All right, but let's start with you, Mike Bond. Uh, then we get the quote with TMZ, right? That it's the, the chances are. Oh, was it? What, what was it? I think it was a radio interview. It was with uh, Sirius XM. That's right. NASCAR, it was. It was NASCAR. Kev, Kevin, Kevin Harvick NASCAR. show. That's right. It was the Kevin Harvick show. Kevin Harvick, manager of Cowboys Cerrone and Misha Tate. Not Kevin Harvick. Directly. company. Uh, but chances are very, very, very good that Brock Lesnar comes back. So three varies. Not just very. So it's done. Um, what do you guys think about this? Because I, I, I'm curious. I'm, I, 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 well, I won't even weigh in. What do you guys think about this? Brock Lesnar coming back to the UFC. Are you pumped? What do you feel about it? I don't know what I feel because this is the same song and dance we get every single time. Every time Brock Lesnar's WWE contract comes near its end and he has t- negotiating period coming up or you know he's looking for a better contract, newer contract, this happens. Something pops up UFC-related. He shows up at whatever event it was in LA. Was it UFC 199? Right. Or, no, that was when they announced uh, his comeback. Yeah, UFC 84. Yeah, thank you, thank uh, you. Jose. Thank you, Jose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know he this happens routinely. It's like cyclical every time his contract comes up. So I don't really know how much to read into it more so than this time. You know, as opposed to last time, it seems like reports out there there is mutual interest. It seems like he wants to do this one more time, uh, but there's a lot of hurdles. I mean, he's still has to re-enter the USADA pool. He still has to serve more than six months of his suspension time. So it's not like they can just, like they did last time, sign him and be like, okay, a video package. He's fighting at UFC 200 right. in two months. Like, it's it's a long process. And we're going to, I assume, find out through USADA or whomever that it's going to show up on their website that he's being drug tested well, again. Well, I was like, going to say, but I did, by the way, again, trying to do my journalism yeah. duties, I did make sure uh, that he does still have six and a half months, yep. more or less, to serve. So, so, uh, so yeah. to do this, it's going to be at least, what, September sometime before. Yeah, so it's a it's a whole process, and who knows? Maybe he just stays with WWE. But it sounds like there is some friction there. I mean, I don't know how much of a storyline within his actual character, but they they pulled him off the show on the Monday uh, after that photo was taken. He was scheduled to be on it, and they took him off. And like the guy he's supposed to be having a match with, kind of did a shoot promo on him, being like, you know, Brock Lesnar's not here tonight. He's not here for you fans. He never shows up for your fans. He's out there on the strip taking photos with Dana White, like all this kind of stuff. Uh, Roman Reigns. The uh, the professional. I'm not gonna. So. Fu- I don't follow WWE at yeah. all. But I will say, I watch. You're gonna have to at some time. These that, things are just merging wait, together, man. Braun Strowman is the guy, right? That dude looks like <laughs> he's a, awesome. A goddamn. Super I love Braun Strowman. You guys are shaking right? your head. You don't like Braun. 
Yeah. Hey, so. All right. All right. Well, so let's put all that aside. Cause, yeah. All right. So let's put all that aside. Okay. Let's assume that uh, all those things. All right. We got. All right. Let's assume that what we're seeing is true. Right. Like let's let's take the WB out of the equation. Let's say they're fine. Everything's yep. good. Let's just say it's done. Contracts are signed. Yes, it's gonna take. It's not gonna be till September. You mm-hmm. know, we got to go through these six and a half months. We're not. We're not gonna. We're not gonna take any shortcuts. We're not gonna. Uh, we're not gonna do anything that USADA would would frown upon. I mean, we're gonna do this by the letter of the law, right? Mm-hmm. We're gonna do it right. But Brock Lesnar is gonna walk back into the UFC and fight again. You like it or you don't like it? It's so hard not to like. It. I mean, he is just such a bigger than life figure every time it's you know it's a mega event every time he fights there's just so much interest he's such a polarizing interesting character so as someone who covers the sport how can i not like it from a you know fan perspective and from a journalist perspective who likes website traffic and all those kind of things i mean it's good for everyone sitting in this room like on that perspective you can't say it's bad for us i mean we are in uh, you know however you want to call it are we in a lull the sport in general we need kind of people like brock lesnar in this right now uh, so yeah, I mean, if he can come back, but what's the what's the plan? I guess like is he just gonna do one more fight and that's it? Are you gonna risk him coming back? And you know, if he's just doing one more fight and wants one more big payday, who's to say he doesn't pop again for something or like this whole thing doesn't just happen over again? And he's like, okay, now I'm done. Like that's the risk. It's just yeah. It's, so it's hard to say from kind of an integrity standpoint. Is the UFC willing to roll the dice on this guy again? I mean, I'm sure they will just because of the payday that would come with it. I'm sure they'd gladly trade the potential. I was about to say you roll the dice when you know you're at least getting even money back exactly right? but yeah like who does he fight at this point i mean i would like you could have him fight Derek lewis uh francis and ganu um, i mean i think they're absolute man stipe would do terrible things to brock lesnar i don't think that's he a should. that's a great fight right now i mean i think he the ufc horseshoe out of his ass the uf <laughs> the ufc's absolutely i'd ideal scenario i imagine is john jones gets his 18 months or whatever uh brock lesnar comes back and their year-end show is brock lesnar versus john jones that fight finally happens like that i guarantee is their dream dream scenario they were already but talk- so many stars would have they, to align. they were already like, talking about it and right i think before. even if john jones gets 18 months he still wouldn't be good until january or something yeah. like i don't think he would even be clear for that december sure. date so yeah so a, a no lot of stars to get have to, back in yeah exactly so i mean what are we we're early march right now i don't think we see him step in the cage probably till 2019 who knows though well we'll get into john jones for sure cool coffee i want to get your take because <laughs> uh i know i know that as a, a former usc employee you're you're always more than happy to call them on their bullshit um but this is interesting to me because i i will say I think there was a time in my life where I hated Brock Lesnar. Like, when Brock Lesnar came to the UFC, I was like, oh, my God, no, this is terrible. People aren't going to take the sport seriously. People aren't going to take, you know, it just doesn't make sense. But now I have to say, and I don't know if it goes to what, what Mike said, that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a website operator. I'm tied in. I, I mean, yeah. I know what he means. I know he means views. I know he means business. And this is kind of a slow period right now. For whatever reason, like I just don't care anymore. I, I I got it. Maybe it's the fact that CM Punk came in. I don't know what it is, but to me, I used to feel like I was so protective of the sanctity of the sport that it mattered so much that that, that it was legitimate and that nobody looked at it wrong. The sport has no sanctity. Bro. Well, that's kind of what I feel now. <laughs> now I'm like, you know what? I mean, look, and we're gonna get into USC 222 in a second, and there's some amazing fights on here. You know what I mean? There's fighters that will never get attention, that will never ever – deserved fighters that will never ever get attention. If we don't have people like Brock Lesnar to bring in casual fans, to get it on ESPN, to get it on you know, the mainstream sports network. So I'll be honest with you. 
Yes, it sucks that we would be talking about another drug cheat that has to come back through the system. Again, he has to come back through the system. He has to be tested. He has to do all that. But I'll be honest with you. I'm okay. And even if it's John Jones, even if it's John Jones, even if it's potentially the number one pound-for-pound fighter on the planet, if Brock Lesnar is going to walk in against potentially the number one, not the number one, because we all know Mike Bond and Demetrius Johnson is number one. <laughs> Shout-outs to Rotterdam. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm okay with that. Cool coffee. Am, am, am I crazy? I mean, have I, have, I, have, I, have I jumped off the deep end? What's, what, what? You're so far over the deep end. <laughs> um, I mean – he, he, like you said everything, and I mean it, it's true. I mean it sucks that we, it, but it's hard to separate the fact that yeah we like the 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 sensationalism of of having these crazy athletes. He's good for numbers. He's good for whatever. Is he good for the sport? Hell no. I mean like when it comes to legitimacy, you know it's bullshit when these sideshow things come back in. I think it's great. I think he's a huge draw. Uh, but I mean, am I excited for it? Sure, I think it's great, you know. But do I care really, honestly, about it? No, not really, because I right. mean, I think Brock's Brock, whatever. I mean, he wants to come, and and the UFC does it. But I mean, it'd be great for that that week or the month for numbers. So for that sense, yeah, it's great. But I don't care. I've never been the hugest fan of Brock. I think it's he's always just been this like huge circus freak. In a sense, like he's just larger than life. So I love the fact of that he even exists, that somebody that big can move like he does. And I'm so just enamored with that. But I was trying to look at my buddy's site, uh, uh, the doctor, who always treats all the things because I, I just went back and I swear I saw a picture the other day and he was treating Brock. Right. But I can't find the fucking picture now when I just look because that's always my signal when somebody's really gonna like sign something behind the scenes but i didn't i don't see the picture anymore so maybe i made it up in my head but um i think it's great i mean if he wants to come back and, and give numbers great but i mean it is what it is i mean now it's just a matter of you know maybe it felt like the uc hadn't put a uh a scott coker-ish uh, enough event together recently that they wanted to pull something out and say hey we can do it too you know um but whatever. If he if he comes back, I'm I'll be super stoked to watch it. But you know, it means nothing more than that event. You know, because there's nothing long term about Brock Lesnar or anything he brings. I mean, I would love to see Stipe's talked about it and talked about that fact. And I would love to see Stipe fight him. I mean, at this point, what he was able to do against what Francis came in, the Francis was this huge beast. There's no huge beast bigger than Brock Lesnar, unless you want to bring in the mountain from Game of Thrones. What about you know? the Black Beast? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, like that's another one that I mean that, but that's a legitimate fight. That's yeah. legitimate. That's real. That's stuff that needs to happen for the legitimacy of the division and the sport. Brock, this is nothing more than just a circus sideshow. That you know, it's going to be great for one bottom line of the UFC. I mean, uh, but that's I mean, honestly, that's what the sport is, right? Like, unfortunately, one that's what show, it is. One yeah. circus sideshow after another circus sideshow, yeah. right? I mean, it's so crazy. Like, we're talking about this slow period of the sport and this dead period of the sport, but like. I'm super excited about USC 222. Like, I really do love this fight card. USC 223 is insane. Yeah. It's ridiculous. The card that we had last week was fun. I mean, there are great fights happening, but, but who's great watching fights. Them? Yeah, exactly. Great fights don't resonate with the casual fan, right? right? Like, you gotta have, you gotta have that circus side. You gotta have the bearded lady at the top of the card to get people to watch mm -hmm. the legitimate high wire acts. You know what I mean? Yeah, yep. and it's, it's tough. I mean, I think if Brock does come back, everyone will bitch and moan about whatever they want, but if he passes the drug test and 
you gets to fight week, no one's going to say shit about that. Gotcha. They're just going to be so excited. And when he's in the octagon, everyone's going to be marking out. And it's going to be, uh, you know, no one's going to care about that stuff anymore. Gotta so pass the he's just got to get though. through the process. No, none of those BS suspen- uh, suspensions, but not the, uh, you know, where they change the policy, where, mm-hmm. you know, you can. It's got to be that. legit. It's got to be legit. It's got to be 100% legit. So speaking of, it made me think when I was trolling my buddy's pictures of the tough gym, everybody that's on the wall is either a champ or the coaches. A former champ, champ, or coaches, right? For the most part. Why is Khabib up on the wall? Because the, cause the script calls that he'll be champion soon. Right? I guess so, right? <laughs> <laughs> Think about that. Why is he up on the wall already? No, damn. He's going to be a champion. He's going to be a champion. He's going to be a champion. Do they have future champs that we, we all think are going to be up yeah, there? Yeah, there's no Yana on the Sky wall. photo. Right? What's up with wow. that? No. All right. But it's just interesting. I just happen to see a picture, and I'm like, I see Khabib's picture up on, on the tough wall, and I'm like, Bite why your is tongue, there? sir. <laughs> Don't you talk a bad I mean, word about Khabib. I'm not saying off. a bad word. I'm just saying, like, it's all been – It's right always now. been – a current or a former champ, and the coaches on the wall. That's it. You can be an uncrowned champ. Oh yeah, he's the uncrowned. So he's, he's about to be the. <laughs> is there anyone else besides him on the wall? He's about to be the real interim, the whatever real champ. Interim <laughs> fake. Ah, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I don't even get into that. We'll wait to get into that. We got t- we got time before two twenty three. All right. So you t- you touched upon Yana Kuniskaya, guys. Let's talk yeah, about real quickly about the main event. Yana Kuniskaya versus Chris Cyborg. Um, okay, listen. I mean, we're not going to sit here and spend hours breaking down the X's and O's. I mean, Chris Cyborg, to me, to me right now, definitely the most dominant champion. To me, she is the the number one pound-for-pound pound women's fighter on the planet at this moment. You know, I think there was an argument at one time when, when Joanna and Jacek was at the peak of her run mm-hmm. and Cyborg wasn't fighting very frequently. I think there was an argument that Joanna was number one now. Joanna has lost. Well, especially after that Holly Holm win. Exactly. And Chris Cyborg is fighting frequently. She's picking up big wins now. To me, the top pound-for-pound fighter in the women's division. <laughs> Uncrowned champion. Habib never made off. <laughs> Cold coffee. Why are, you, why are you hating over there? I'm not hating. I'm just, I'm just perplexed why he's the only one that's on there. All right. This fight comes together on short notice <laughs> against Yana Kuniskaya. Um, certainly, let's be honest. Most people don't know anything about Yana Kuniskaya. I mean, it, it is hard – to cover this sport week in and week out if you're if you're watching every UFC fight start to finish. Now you start adding in Invicta, you start adding in regional shows, it gets even tougher. There's no question about it. So I believe that most people breaking down this fight have never even seen Yana Kuniskaya fight. If well, we're if we're being hundred percent honest. Story. I mean for a lot of people her most memorable victory is a fight that wasn't a victory that was <laughs> yeah, ultimately it overturned. overturned so right? That one hurts a little bit too. But let's talk about it. So uh, this is the fight that was put together. Um it's not a fight that doesn't necessarily make sense. I mean, she is, yes, she had been fighting at Bantamweight, but this is not one of those situations where you're taking a person that is a Bantamweight and you're blowing them up to featherweight. This is basically a featherweight who actually said she'd feel more comfortable at lightweight, mm-hmm. but cut down to Bantamweight because she realized that's where the bigger fights are at. Size-wise, we saw them today stare down, right? We saw them face-to-face for the first time today. Both of them were in heels, which is always a little bit weird. Yeah. So I actually zoomed out with my were they camera. Really? I didn't notice. So, yeah, that. so you're shooting, ca- so you're shooting video. You're in tight. Yeah. I saw the size, and I was like, "Hold on, I better zoom out and take a still picture to make sure they're both wearing heels." Because that that is weird. Sometimes in the women's division, yeah, yeah, you'll have somebody you know walk in wearing flats and somebody wearing heels, and you're like, "Oh my god, they're so much different." And then you go back and you watch the tape, and you're like, oh, "I'm an idiot. They're totally like." <laughs> but Yana Kuniskaya is every bit as big as Cyborg. Like, she, yeah, she is, is not going to be overwhelmed. And, you know, you, you guys are both that we sat down with her yesterday and 
whether it was false bravado or not, you know, she said, listen, I'm not intimidated by this girl. Like, we were supposed to fight and strike for us. It didn't happen because I had some visa issues. Um, but I, I, I was ready for the fight then. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for the fight, you know, since then. Um, and, and I'm not intimidated. And, and she had the line, and, 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 you know, Mike, you were the one that picked it out and put it in the headline. And of course, it, it made news, and rightfully so. But it wasn't unfair. I mean, you, you, it's not like you were – Twisting it, her it, it was the uh, it was the classic Jeremy Stevens line. She, you knock people out, but I knock them fucking dead or whatever. That's he right. Said. She said, "Listen, Cyborg doesn't have one punch knockout KOs." Is basically what she said. She said she doesn't have knockout power. And if you just if you just see that, you're like, okay, come on, that sounds stupid. But it is. I mean, if you think about it, you go back and watch all the Cyborg's fights. It's not like she's ever clipped somebody with like. One shot to the she chin. She doesn't have a Holly Holm, Ronda Rousey type of knockout. She or doesn't. Type it's of those thing. scary, overwhelming where where people are just like, I mean, that's almost more frightening. It she is. beats them until they curl up in a ball and waits I, for I the referee to pull hit, them off. She said some people, you know? and I've seen their soul leave the oh. back of their body. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> so that's what's crazy. So you're right. She doesn't have that moment where she's put somebody's lights out. But I can point to almost every cyborg fight, especially when I've been fortunate enough to sit cage side. And, and you can look into the eyes of the opponent, and they get clipped once, and all of a sudden you see, like, the look in their face change, like, oh, Which shit. Which is probably almost more gratifying for a fighter. I mean, anyone can say, oh, I just got clipped. Oh, it was a, you know, lucky shot. I didn't see it coming, whatever. But you can't make many excuses for she just beat the hell out of me, and I just needed the ref to save me pretty much. Right. Leslie Smith was – I love Leslie Smith to death, but that was one where Even she after, was after she hit a couple shots and it was just like – I don't want to be in here. Even anymore. she was overwhelmed, yeah. but she's as tough as they come. Um, Who was this guy? I was talking about today at the end when we asked, and he said I watched some of her practice with Arlovsky. Arlovsky. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was like I watched her practice, and he's like, "Man, she hits hard." Yep. And this is Andre. Yep. <laughs> he's saying that he looked like he was a little intimidated by her. He <laughs> was. Actually. He was. Uh, <laughs> all right. So I mean, kind of Yana Kuniskaya. She's been she's been training martial arts her whole life. She I mean, she does have like. A striking background, taekwondo, karate. Since taekwondo she was a little champion. kid, yeah. I mean, she's she's got all that. So I, I don't know. I mean, here, here's what I said. I mean, we we taped our our staff picks and all that. And what I said is like, listen, there are things to like. I mean, if you're one of those guys that's looking to throw down a couple of bucks because you're looking for a huge underdog, I mean, Kuno Sky is as, as big of an underdog as you're ever going to see in mixed martial arts, right? And there are things to like, right? Size wise, she can stand in there with Cyborg. Like she's not going to be like, oh my god, I'm intimidated because this girl's so big. Uh, mentally. She seems as strong as they come, you know. I mean, you think about the the, the Russian background. I mean, you hate to, you know, generalize, generalize a whole country, I but you know, you. she she comes from a camp that just had a fighter go five rounds with thing. Cyborg, and that was one of her main training partners for this fight. So there are things to like, right? Yeah. So I mean, if you're just looking for something to throw a couple bucks on and be like, well, there's a reason. <sighs> there are reasons there's to be, like. There's been worse ones for sure. But at the end of the day, I mean. Cyborg's the right pick, right? And, and, and I will say this: it, I, I know I, I don't think this I, I don't think this fight card is going to do great on pay per view. I don't. I don't think yeah. it's going to do great. I think a uh, two fifty to three hundred would be a pretty nice run for them. Maybe right so. There. I mean, I don't pretend to be an expert, but I do love the card. And I will say this: I get excited for cyborg fights. I love watching cyborg fight. I get pumped up. To me, it, it, it may be silly. It's it's kind of like it's like comparing Conor McGregor to Muhammad Ali. It's not fair. You compare somebody to Muhammad Ali, it's not fair. Comparing Cyborg to Mike Tyson is kind of unfair because it's like well, Mike Tyson. I mean, that's 
iconic. But but it is like to me, it does remind me of Mike Tyson fights. Like you you don't care who's on the other exactly. side of the cage. And this is what everyone was asking for when they wanted Cyborg in the UFC, and they were demanding they stop with those ridiculous 140 catch weights or bringing up the idea of her cutting to 135. So just make a 145 division. We want to see her fight in the UFC. We'll find out fights for her. We'll go one to another. And yes, they could do a better job to trying to build up this division, making you know more legit contenders. Except for instead of just pulling you know people from Invicta or whoever's the champion right. at bantamweight at that time. But this is what people wanted, and now you're getting it. So don't complain now that it's here that Cyborg is headlining events and fighting completely overmatched opponents because you were watching it in Victa and you said she deserves this platform and now she's getting it so don't shit on her now or the UFC because this is what you asked for it was I, I will say in 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 cold coffee I know you were standing there today I, I did think it was funny I asked her today I'm like how crazy is this, right? Like, not that long ago, you're like, the UFC hates me, and now they're coming to you asking for favors. Like, can you a save week my, after Ronda Rose <laughs> wrestling in WWE? It's just a crazy world. Right all now. right. Well, listen, I think we're all siding with Chris Cyborg, no question about it. But I will say this. I'm excited about watching Chris Cyborg fight. Mike Bond, I wanted to ask you, uh, you got a chance to uh, – kind of Cyborg-related here. You got a chance to talk to, to Tito Ortiz today. Yeah. I'll kind of, kind of set this up because I want people to get a chance to hear your interview uh, with Tito Ortiz, but kind of – Set the scene for us and, and, and tell me what was going through your head and what you're thinking about and, and, and just set it all up. God, it just it all happened so quickly. We were sitting there watching Chris Cyborg's open workout and I think, you know, uh, Mr. Cold Coffee over here got a little tip from maybe someone beforehand that a masked insider would be <laughs> showing up at these open workouts. and You know how I do. Well, you know, you see someone kind of creeping in the back, like holding their head in Jason Perillo's shoulder or Rob Emerson, actually, not Jason Perillo. He was up there holding the pads, but... Wondering who that was, I had no idea. And then BJ Penn hops up on stage, and that whole thing happens. Uh, she's grappling around and managed to get a few minutes with BJ. And then saw Tito right over there, too. I'm like, damn, I just talked to one Hall of Famer. Might as well try to go get another one. So walked over to Tito, and he was, you know, I said, MMA Junkie interview, you down? And he was very willing to give a few minutes of his time. And he, you know, spoke kind of extensively about Cyborg fighting this girl, as he called her, because I don't think, knowing Tito, he wanted to even attempt to pronounce Yana Kuninskaya's <laughs> name on film that's <laughs> that would have been you know just another clip for the memory bank of tito but yeah he was uh he seems like to think she's in a great place in this fight he talked a little bit about her fight uh, a little bit about his career status right now and even made a prediction for the bellator heavyweight grand prix i dig it all right well let's uh let's refresh our ballast points and uh let's hear a little bit of the young mike bond with tito ortiz Hall of Famer, Tito Ortiz, two Hall of Famers here with Chris's team, you and DJ. What did you think about that? That's cool. I mean, uh, you know, I think uh, Chris just deserves the world, man. She's worked so hard to be where she is. Once again, on another main event, as the main event uh, here in Las Vegas, it's nice to see that she's reaping the rewards from it. I know. Was it? Were you surprised when she headlined, decided to step in and headline this card? Uh, I would say really surprised because, I mean, the girl, she, she's strictly a professional. She trains all the time. She doesn't party. She doesn't do anything. So right now, fighting is her life. So when they offered her the fight, she said, okay, cool, let's make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, it was good to see that she has the hunger still in her heart. Yeah, what kind of internal discussion was there when it was offered? Because I know she sat up first. She was traveling. She was on vacation. She there was, was on a little, vacation at the yeah. time. Uh, of course, our manager, we had to sit down and make the right decision. Whole camp came together, and we said, you want to do it, you want to do it. She's all, I'm in. And yeah. So she didn't even blink an eye at it. She's all, I'm in. Yeah, so, what kind of preparation is there? Because it just reminds me of you when you won at UFC 132, then you turned around and fought Rashad at 133. Yeah, well, I think a little difference there is uh, – <laughs> You know, I was in Vegas for a whole week after uh, the win against Vader, so I was like enjoying myself. But with her, she was just uh, on vacation. She was still training. She was doing the things she needed to do to defend a world title. And when it came 
the opportunity to defend it. She didn't have no blinker doing it. There's, there's no skipping her game at all, man. She's willing to go in and win. And what do you do with a condensed camp like this? Like, fit some, usually it's longer into five weeks or so. It was. Well, you know, I think it really comes down. It goes from one camp to another where she took uh, maybe two, three weeks off. And with her, when she takes time off, it's great, a lot better for her body because she recovers more. But when it came into training, uh, we had some of the top guys in the world, and guys, too, that are wrestlers that couldn't take her down. Um, she was defending and getting the takedowns herself and sparring. She was on target. Uh, so... But I think this girl she's leaning against is uh, super tough. You know, she comes from a uh, great camp, uh, being with Jackson's camp. Uh, they know how to prepare for champions, and hopefully they can be prepared for Chris, because Chris is for real. Yeah, and I just asked BJ what he was most impressed about her. He said her mental strength. And what's the difference mentally when you go from fighting Holly Holm, like, regarded the biggest fight of her career, the closest odds ever, to a fight that I think this is the most lopsided odds she's had in a while? Uh, no fight are lopsided at all, especially if they come from uh, Team Jackson's camp, you know, Holly came in with her hands full and she fulfilled everything. We beat her at her own game, or excuse me, Chris beat her at her own game. Yeah. And uh, in this one, I know it doesn't change. Uh, this girl comes in thinking that she can beat Chris and Jackson's camp thinks they can beat Chris. So, and, and it all, all things can be said until you get punched in the face. So when that first uh, punch in the face happens, it'll be Chris doing it. And just last thing, are you still comfortably in retirement right now? Uh, I'm very comfortable in retirement now. I guess Dana put the kibosh on uh, me and Chuck, so I don't know. It, it is what it is. I, I'm, I'm being the, the good guy by listening to the uh, listen to the bosses at the end of the day and not making decisions on myself and just you know, I'm to be I'll put it in God's hands. So does this mean you're no longer contractually tied to Bellator at all? Uh, I think we got you know, like maybe uh, 30 days or 15 days, uh, but it's only up to negotiations. Who do you, who do you, who do you think wins that tournament? Who do you think wins that heavyweight tournament over in Bellator? Uh, heavyweight tournament. Uh, God, um, I'll be uh, Matt Mitrion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Since uh, Rampage is out, I thought Rampage have a good chance at it, but it is what it is. Uh, Rampage is back in training now, and hopefully, it'll be uh, all filled for it. Thank you so much for the time, Cheeto. Much appreciated. Welcome back to the May Road Show. Mike. You guys should have totally heard the. Off Grab air stuff that was happening. Yeah, yeah, right. It was, it was terrible. Yeah, Grab that was the young Mike if Bond you with Tito Ortiz. How, how about the young Mike Bond doing uh, TMZ style stuff? We I dig we it. We got all kinds of we got, like iPhone stuff. I mean, I know, man. here we are. I mean, we go out and we spend thousands of dollars of, of USA Today's <laughs> money and and our own money. Let's be honest. I was going to say a lot of our own money <laughs> on camera equipment, and he's just rolling around with. Uh, with his iPhone, just Gotta knocking, just it. knocking out Hall of Famers. And who 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 can appreciate a few minutes of BJ? <laughs> I'm but a big I'm fan sh- of a. Uh, uh, let's BJ. not go there. Let's not go there. All right, Danny Austin, what's going on, brother? Cheers <laughs> to you, sir. What's happened, guys? Yeah. It's good to see you. You know, it's Cheers. funny because normally Vegas events. Uh, Cheers, eh? <laughs> we don't like Australia. That was so Australian. <laughs> that was terrible. No Canadian that's, that's has ever Canadian. sounded like that. <laughs> yeah. We don't, uh, normally Vegas events, man. You know, obviously we we kind of stick to our, to home. You know, so of we don't course. really get to hang out. So it's kind of fun to, to get to hang out. Obviously, I know, normally for Vegas, I normally roll in on the Tuesday. I check if you're up for dinner, and other than that. You know, there are rare exceptions. Sure, 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 sure. But I normally, like, these are the events where I see you guys at the events. Yeah. And, uh, and unfortunately, I mean, you weren't in Boston, so yeah. I missed you there. So yeah. it's uh, it's been a couple months. It has been a while, man. Yeah. It's good to see you again, brother. I know you just uh, 
Spent a lot of time covering covering the Olympics. Canada did strong, obviously. We, it was a good time. As we always. lost in hockey and curling to you guys, though. So is, uh, isn't so that is amazing? That, is, that, is that painful? Like, are those yeah. the two that are most important? That would that be like? Uh, we had our best Olympics ever, and there was literally one night where women's hockey, like men's hockey, this year, the NHL guys weren't there. So right. women's hockey, which we there's only two countries who play women's hockey and are good at it, and it's Canada and and America. Right. And like, Dude, you guys beat us. In overtime, we're in a shootout, and it hurt. Like, yeah. right? And I went to bed. I'll be honest with you. I drank some whiskey that night. I had a good <laughs> time. That was a really good shootout. It was a, that was amazing. It was one of the best hockey games I've ever seen. And amazing. I woke up, and I was like, at least we got them in curling. And you guys somehow beat us in curling. Uh, <laughs> and like, we had the best Olympics, and that one day, I mean, yeah, but you, you guys usually it. take it though. Canada women, you they've won it like the last. Yeah, we like, won it. You guys beat us in '98 in Nagano, which yeah. was the first ever women's Olympic, and we'd won every other gold medal game against yeah. you guys. So like, we don't lose, and like, our girls are badass, man. Canadian yeah. women, like y'all don't mess with. We've been on curling. What's funny, you bring up curling, like. There it's were some countries that were really good in curling that had no idea. Like Japan has like a sick curling team. Same yeah. with South so, Korea. As you guys know, like I used to be – I don't do curling anymore, but I used to like literally a huge part of my job was covering curling. Really? I've covered the Women's World Championship. I've covered all of them and like – So would you cover like brooming styles and sweeping? Oh, I know it all. Like, I know it all. His sweeping I, know it all. Game I care so, so much about today. it too. Like it's not <laughs> even like – I legitimately am still upset that like our women's team had no business losing. But to be fair – you guys winning, like Vegas is hosting the men's world Cup championship. That's crazy. Yeah, I saw like, that. I didn't in that. in I think it's like in two weeks, three weeks from now. Wow. And like it's a huge deal, and it's awesome for the sport that the Americans won. Yeah. But like, I'm allowed to swear. Yeah, like, fuck y'all. Yeah. <laughs> it was a really good game. That was yeah. that was, uh, was. I was glad I caught that game. And it was, it was cool, really frankly. And like you guys know, I mean, the same thing with MMA. When it when MMA gets that mainstream thing, even when we hate it. There's still a level where we're like, yeah, it's cool seeing these these people talk about it. So for yeah. me, it was really neat seeing curling a sport that's so obscure and so weird getting covered yep. by ESPN, by these major American outlets, oh, yeah. and seeing like all these sports reporters who've never talked about curling getting into it was oh, yeah. super exciting. And you saw I like celebrities, it. the way they've been giving it the coverage, you saw all the celebrities that were coming out like tweeting like to Schuster and all these cats like, dude, go America, blah, 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 which is awesome because like – exactly. I, Honestly, like when the first days, I, I felt really bad because I, did, I missed a lot of the Olympics. And when I finally was like, all right, you got to do your American duty, turn on the Olympics. One of the first sports that was on was curling, and it was awesome. It was awesome. I didn't change it. I was just like, thank you very and much. This is exactly what I wanted to see. It's the same thing. Like I remember I lived in India years ago, and I met up with these Australian guys, and I was like, I don't get cricket. And they were like, yo, what don't you understand about sitting in the sun and drinking beer? Yeah. And that's all cricket is. And if you have ever lived in the north and not Toronto like Mike Bond over there, like real like Canada. <laughs> like <laughs> I live yeah. <laughs> I'm from Calgary. Like the winter's long. And like yeah. I curl because I gotta do something to get out of the house. And I curl, so, therefore I am. I curl, therefore I am. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. yeah nah, the Olympics were awesome. It was such a fun like and I mean I was I was actually like CFL's not going on. Right. So like I was actually in Calgary just able to like kind of sit back and watch it. I, I love the cool. Olympics. I had a great time. Very was, cool. Yeah. Well now you're back to the MMA beat. Let me ask you, uh, from a from a national Canadian reporter standpoint, USC two twenty two coming down here. Of course things have changed. Was your travel booked before everything changed or did you know was there discussion about that? I mean, uh, I mean, I'm, this card is. I I think, and I'm going to get your take on it, but I I kind of think I'm just guessing. I think you agree with me that this is a fun card, but you know, it, I don't think it necessarily has, of course, the national headline. As like just someone who likes MMA, I'm really hyped for this card. I like I 
anytime I got the chance to see Cyborg fight, I think this Ortega Frankie fight, I mean, I heard you guys talking about it. So, but like, I think it's great. I, I like the Mackenzie Dern angle. Right. I like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's just, there's a lot on this card that I am genuinely fascinated with. So, did by. you have to sell your employers? Or were you uh, okay I never it? told them that. Max got hurt. Good thing they don't listen to this podcast. Yeah. It has Gangster been very move. cold for a long time. Yeah. They're too busy with the Olympics. They didn't even know. I like. I never told them, and it was approved, and it's just like, and I'm here, and so, honestly, I think Cyborg's a star. I, so I know that's she so is. that's what's crazy. So I mean, I think we're, of course we're all bumped. I mean, Max Holloway versus Frankie Ortega. Uh, Frankie Ortega. Frankie <laughs> Edgar was going to be amazing, but Edgar Ortega. As, as, as a filler co-main especially, like even if that was the filler main, like even if that was the filler main, it would have been amazing. It couldn't right? have been a pay-per-view. It could that's that, that would have been the problem. That would have been the problem. And like and that's fine. The question is like purely as like, hey, I like this sport. You guys have been around longer than I have, but I've been, you know, on the road for the sport for five years now. And I've covered events like this before. Mm-hmm. Where I I mean, I remember it was what? It was Dodson Demetrius Johnson, mm-hmm. which at the time I showed up and I had people be like, what are you doing here? Right. Like, this is a terrible card. And if you go back and look at that card now, there's so many fighters who ended up fighting for titles, who ended up becoming stars. Yep. So I actually like these cards mm-hmm. where a little bit, I just feel like I'm interacting with the sport. I'm being forced to think about the sport in a different way. And I'm not just in Boston. I didn't write about anything other than the main event or the co-main event the entire time that I was yeah, there. Yeah, that was the headlines, right? Yeah. That and was all the fight. headlines. And, 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 and you would be remiss if you weren't writing about this huge heavyweight title clash. This exactly. Huge, you know, yeah. And, I mean, this card, I'll be honest, the first story that I thought I was going to write coming in here was because Valentina Shevchenko's last fight against a UFC debutante went so badly Oof. and was so gross, I had to come into this week being like, do I think – that this was an irresponsible booking in the main event. And I mean, I listened to what you guys said, and I really wanted to be sort of responsible. And the more I researched it, and the more I tried to figure out more, uh, you know, about a fighter who I don't know anything about. She's yep. Russian. I don't really, I don't watch Invicta unless I like, you know, have enough free time. Right. I just do it for fun. Um, I, I didn't know anything about her. And the more I've seen and the more I've read, like, no, this is not that fight. This is not. I, I do think that we, that it still begs the question it was this an irresponsible booking. My answer is no. It's a it's a fun booking, and if the refereeing does well, if she gets knocked out, she gets knocked out. Yep. If she gets beat, she gets beat. Hopefully, the ref's on top of things and doesn't let what happened in that Valentina fight happen. I love the co-main and uh, top to bottom. This card's way better than the Boston card. Oh, I agree. I agree. <laughs> that Boston card, I wasn't there, and I was kind of bummed because the main and co-main were so awesome. But once you got outside of that, it got it got thin pretty quick. I did not write a single story about another fighter. It got thin. All right, so look, I, I want I really wanted to talk to you about the co-main because it is such a big fight. But since you brought up the Mackenzie Dern angle, um, obviously, I mean, here you are. You're, you're, you're a Canadian reporter. You're, you know. Hey. And that, and now that's a prelim fight, and you're and, and that interests you, right? I mean, I mean yes. that the, the, that came to your mind right away. Here's this intriguing uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu expert that has been. I mean, everybody's known she's coming to the UFC for a long time. Now she's finally here. She's fighting Ashley Yoder. Um, so what what is it about you? I mean, that, that's one of the names that, that rattle off your tongue. What, what, why is that one one that enthralls you? I mean, to be honest, it, it actually does relate to Ortega. To be perfectly honest, like I love these fighters who are just amazing at one thing and like Mackenzie I mean she literally told me today that she doesn't like punching people in the face I mean she's she said that quote a couple times but what what interests me is that I do like Ashley Yoder is a good fighter by all accounts who doesn't specialize in anything 
and I think she's going to get destroyed because it's interesting seeing someone just being so good at something. And and that's what fascinates me about her. It is just she is probably the best. I mean, in context, she's the best jujitsu practitioner who's ever fought in the UFC, arguably. Yep. Uh, and I'm so interested to see just what that does when you can use other defenses, but you, you probably can't beat her. At- you know what's funny is I, I so agree with that because – I feel like it's this full circle moment, right? Like, again, maybe in the same way I just said earlier, like, I went full circle, like, I hated Brock Lesnar, and now, like, I don't care. Like, I want Brock Lesnar in. <laughs> I think full circle, too. Like, you know, the whole thing is, like, in the beginning, like, this was style versus style, right? It was, like, you know, style versus style. Let's see who the best is, right? And then and then, and then, the style Morris, and then you're like, you know what the great thing is about mixed martial arts is that we've seen how you have to learn everything, and then everybody gets so well-rounded that you're like, okay, awesome. You know, now we've created a new style. You know, mixed martial arts is a style in itself where you have to know a little bit of everything but then you know look at a guy like Israel Adesanya that comes in the other day whose striking is so on a damn different level that you're like oh wait a minute you don't I mean yes you need to be well-rounded but then you can get to this level of this and 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 I agree I mean this is world championship in her entire life jujitsu and I it's funny and Brian I, Ortega just beat Cub Swanson yes like we've seen a a specialist only do one thing and and literally beat one of the best in the world. Like I love the specialist aspect. So do I. I love the specialist aspect. And yeah, I, I it looks like Kenny's about to talk, but like, no, and no, I, no. no, he just went. I through. I love that. Like, <laughs> it is more fun in this sport following someone from their debut right up, right? Like it is. <clears throat> I <sighs> thank you. It, yeah. It, I I want to see that fighter come in, impress me, and then at at the sport's best, there's a progression, and I want to see. I want to watch her from – I've known her since before she made her – not known her personally, right. but, like, I've known who she was. I've watched – she's actually someone I've watched all her fights, and now I get to see her compete at the UFC level, and that's exciting. And that is what the sport should be. That is what sport is. Yeah. All right. Let, speaking you, of specialists, and let's get back to 222 in a second, but since you're sitting here, and I'm not going to see you in two weeks, do you just want to go ahead and throw a little Hakeem Dewadu? Yeah, I mean, this is it. This is, this is the next Canadian Tell superstar. Me, uh, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I've known Hakeem. Hakeem, I have actually known personally. Yeah. Uh, I live in Calgary. There has not, since Nick Ring, uh, been a Calgary-based wait, wait, UFC. Wait, oh, okay, okay. Cal- yeah, I was like, UFC wow, fighter. that's how you're going to tease him. No, like, no, no, no. He's the next Nick Ring. <laughs> no, um, Hakeem was the North American. I mean, he literally beat the American Muay Thai champion. I have been watching him fight six times a year in Muay Thai. Um, he, is, he, he fought in World Series. He never fought an amateur. In MMA, mm-hmm. he just got that World Series contract and had one draw and won all five of his other fights and avenged that draw in like really, really impressive fashion. I think that this guy is a striker. Uh, to be honest, I I think that he's probably the best Canadian striker ever. Yep. Um, and is coming in. He's training at SBG, which some people are like questioning. I also think that what John Kavanaugh is really good at is working with strikers and giving them the rest of the tools so that they can they can stick with the striking, they can stick with their strengths. I think you're going to see Akeem Duodu. I honestly think he'll be a – I think he's a top 10 featherweight right now. We're going to sit down with him in London. I've actually yeah. – I've put him on my list of, of pre-interviews because I don't think they'll I, – I maybe they'll have him at the media day. I kind of doubt it, uh, being a foreigner and, you know. But yeah. but uh, I want to sit down with him. him. I've seen – yeah. He's, a, on, he's, he's an interesting interview. Um, <laughs> and, I mean – it's it's worth talking about. I mean, I, I can give you angles. I'll give them off the air. All but right, like there's a he's he's now. he's great and he's gonna be great. Does that mean he's gonna be champion? No, but you know, 
like we all know, like he's there's a lot of great fighters. I've seen him fight. I, I think he's I think he's the real deal. I'm excited. Yeah. All right, uh, before we get back to 222, because I do want to talk about the coming event, I want to ask you about the John Jones hearing. Um, that was the other big piece of news this week for sure, and we were all Did watching. Did you watch it. all two and a half hours? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was tough. It I was watched. Tough. I watched the first hour, then I actually flew, and uh, I so I didn't. I, I watched the his his testimony. Yeah. I watched the highlights, yeah. of, but I watched everything up, and like I've certainly read a lot about it because. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and that's why I want to ask you guys because I, uh, you know, I, I don't want to you know necessarily break this down, you know, every bit and angle. I mean, we're here talking about two twenty two, and and I want to do that, but I did want to kind of get your guys' thoughts on it because I, I've said going into this thing that I thought John Jones was going to get two years, and, and 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 to be honest with you, I still think two years is fair at a minimum. Um, and and the thing is, I feel bad. I feel bad because. At the same time as I think John Jones probably deserves two years, I honestly don't necessarily think that he's a purposeful cheater. But, you know, carelessness the first time around maybe, carelessness to some degree here. I mean, I don't think to some degree. I, I, I'll, I'll let you guys – I want to hear your guys' opinions on it. When he admitted, look, he popped once. Right. It was careless. And he – I get that most of the fighters probably don't read the entire manual. But for him to say, like, I didn't read the manual. I got my team to just forge my signature on that, it. That is, that is reckless. That, that's not careless. That yeah. is. That, and that's, that's exactly what I wanted to get. I mean, t- t- you said it better than I can. I, I feel bad because, as you said, I'm sure most athletes do it that way. Like, hey, manager, can you knock this out for me? But, bro, this I was. Know. I wonder. I would think that most, most fighters would take more interest or more ownership of the no fact way. of like you don't think i mean how no how uh, how bad can this manual or this training be that they can't just stomach the fact of watching this video or reading whatever to go i mean that's what you do you're a fighter and this is part of your thing you don't think that they i mean look for us for well, even usa right. today usa today we had to do different stupid online not i mean not stupid it was wonderful <laughs> in case they're listening to this but we all have to do that online training different stuff but it's like you just man up and you do it because that's my obligation right i mean if i could yeah i'm going to still watch it and hit skip next whatever as soon as you can but the fact to not just do that one thing and to to put it off on somebody else i guarantee most every other fighter watches it and does it themselves the fact to not even care as much to just no way. put that off just makes me think that he just is very and lackluster no with everything that goes into his and body. I, I, Somebody else does his nutrition. Pl- Somebody gives him his pills. Okay, you know I'll say this. I mean? I'll say this. I'll say this. If I had to put a number on it, of how well, but see, the thing is, not everybody has to watch that, so it's hard to put a number on. But let's say they rolled out something Isn't it that for the every whole pool. Let's say, well, no, it's only because he had been busted, so he had to watch something. So let's say they did say, I guys and girls, everybody on the roster, all six hundred of you, five fifty of you, whatever it is at this moment. Every one of you has to watch this and 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 click submit that you agree. I say ten percent watch it. See, I thought they all had to. That was no, that no, no. This was specific to him. So this was only. A, but that's <laughs> why was a punishment thing, and he why, still didn't do exactly. it. Exactly. That's why you said, Danny. That's a bad dude. Exactly. That's why you said. That's why it doesn't go from careless. It goes to reckless. Exactly. Yeah. It's careless it's if five hundred fifty people on the and roster had to watch it. It's reckless because you had a problem. They asked you to do this. As part of your, you know, welcome back to the sport, and you still didn't do it. And I appreciate the fact. I appreciate oh, the fact. I'm gonna give you an example would, right now. Would, would I lost. It. I lost a tooth. Like you know, like sometimes your tooth yeah. just cracks. This is literally two weeks ago, and I had to try to go figure out 
what like my medical coverage like provided me to like you know dental surgery. I tried and I got bored and I didn't read it and I, my tooth is still missing. Yeah. Like I get that reading paperwork sucks. Right. Right. But this is millions of dollars and your professional reputation. Right. On the line, I think that we are allowed to expect that John took this seriously and did it properly. Yes. At the very least, had a lawyer who would explain right. it to him. Do it. Like there are a lot of uh, of different ways. I think he was reckless about it, and two years seems just about appropriate, whether it was intentional or not. If he had been able to find the contaminated, um, you know, I actually appreciated that he didn't. I appreciated that they admitted it. Right. That they were like, "Look, we, we tried. Don't, we tried. Don't know what we it don't is. know what happened." We didn't have to deal with some bullshit. But the fact is, like, you can't defend John Jones in this situation. He he has admitted negligence. He popped for the second time when he should have been more careful than anyone has ever been in their life. Right. Because he would have gotten that. And that's Lesnar just it. Fight. If he said, "Look, hey man, I've I've been more careful," and he did. He's like, "Hey, you know, we we've done everything." And again, I mean, there give were me some, examples, John. Well, some people grilled him. Some people grilled give him. Give me examples where he's done better. Well, <laughs> <laughs> don't just give me generalities. Give me an example, sir. Well, listen, the the guy, <laughs> from what I can tell, John Jones is very well as Stephen A. Smith, so that's got to mean something, right? I mean, I mean that's got to mean. Have you guys heard something. Of, the, of the great African well, Stephen but, A. Smith? I, <laughs> but I look. By the way, by the way, Commissioner was a bit. By the way, first of all. I just want to say, as, as, as just a life tip in general, and I don't mean this necessarily to insult this gentleman at all, but all I'm saying is, as a life <laughs> tip, if you ever feel that, like a, a need or desire to weigh in on something, to give your opinion on something, don't preface that point by saying, I haven't heard a word you said, <laughs> right. but I'm going to go ahead and give my opinion anyway. That was a pretty comical relief moment. That but was. no, I, I I feel bad for John because, listen, I, I, I literally – I honestly don't think John is a purposeful cheater. I don't. But you're right. I said careless, and I think I was trying to give him a little benefit of the doubt. You're right. It's it's reckless. I mean, if he had come back and said, you know, listen, we, I mean, even again, I saw some people giving him grief because he said they were USADA approved. USADA doesn't actually approve, but I think what he meant was the third party approval. Yeah. All, you know, I mean, I, I got it. But to admit that, like, listen, there were steps that they asked you to take, and you skipped the steps, yeah. but you're still asking for leniency. You know what I mean? Like, it's one thing. As That's you, exactly it. If That's you come in and you say, listen, I found this tainted supplement. Oh, you found the tainted supplement? Yes, I did. It was this supplement right here. Did you take the you know class? No, I didn't take the class. I'm sorry. But I still found the tainted supplement. Okay, now you got an argument. If you come in and you say, listen, court, and I know it's not an actual court, but if you come in in front of people, whether it be whatever situation in your life, and you come to somebody and you say, listen, I know what I've been accused of. I really don't have a good explanation for it. I'm asking you for leniency. And by the way, everything you've ever asked of me, I've done. Yeah. Can you please give me some leniency? But if you say, no, I, I, I haven't done what you've asked me, I, I, I just... And, and I think he got due process, right? Like, right. I think that, like, he literally got it. And unfortunately, like, the rules need to be followed. And I think the California State Athletic Commission, who in general are, like, my heroes. Right. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Like, I think that we need that Athletic Commission more than... I mean, they have been progressive on weight cutting. They, they've been, like... I trust them. They seem like they are a very professional Andy group Foster of people. Andy cares, man. That yeah. dude cares. And, I, I mean, it sucks. I hope – look, I, I'm of the belief that there's another argument, which is if John gets suspended for two years, like, I I think there are people who are like, once you've cheated, once you've been caught on drugs, like, that's, that's the be-all and the end-all. That's – like, he deserves to – be punished and come back and continue his career. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I will accept that. Yes. And um, same thing with Brock. I, I, you know, like 
do that extra six and a half months. I agree. Um, but look, at the end of the day, if the rules are not, if the rules aren't followed, you need to be punished for that based on like what's already established. So um, I'm bummed that we don't get to see John fight for a while. <sighs> I know, but. That's I'm also fight against Cormier was so scintillating, dude, and his attitude around the whole thing and his speech was amazing. But I, I'm saying you are someone who after the, after fights like normally on media row, I expect you to pound out your work and kind of just go to the back mm. and get set up to yep. the post fight. And it is one of the only times that you like looked at me and went baddest man on the planet. Yep, is like, that right? He literally said that to me. And baddest just, man on the planet, and and like we're was like, we're excited by what we'd seen. Ah, <sighs> such a bummer. Yeah. All right, listen, uh, I should say, by the way, if you like what you're hearing, do us a favor. Jump into, jump into iTunes. It doesn't take you but a second, right, Cold Coffee? Just mm-hmm. log in real quick. You can give us a rating, hopefully five stars. Mm-hmm. If you can even take a, a second to leave us a review, that would be even better. You could be like uh, – I, I don't want to read this wrong because it, it seems like it says TD Scum. but Yeah, maybe Scum. TD Scum? TD Scum. Uh, there you go. I like that better. <laughs> T- our man T.D. Scoom says, with a chuckle and a few cold beverages, John Morgan and Cold Coffee provide the insider's perspective on upcoming MMA events like no other podcast. Keep up the great work. Oh, As Jose and I, like I were walking TV. over, I was like, hey, we can have a chuckle. <laughs> All I want is a chuckle and a cold beverage <laughs> and some MMA insider knowledge. All right, let's talk about this co-main event because uh, – as much as we all said, man, we like we like Cyborg and we're we, we're excited about watching Cyborg and it is fun. I mean, it is like watching a superstar, right? And she does click. I will say, as a website operator, she mm-hmm. does click. She does click. Mm-hmm. But as a fight fan, as a fight fan, Love the main <laughs> event is Ortega and and Frankie Yeager. Uh Danny, just give me your thoughts, man, because uh, man, this is such a tough fight to call, right? Frankie's a legend. You know, it's funny because uh, just a couple weeks ago, I was in Austin. With Cowboy, you know, and, and Cowboy gave that great speech and all those things. And, I mean, and, and he had a great performance. And Cowboy, to me, is one of those legends of the sport. You know, again, yeah. he doesn't have that championship status, but a definite legend of the we sport. We know it's not about that championship status all the time. Right? Frankie Yeager adds that championship status as well. But, I mean, Frankie Yeager, like, how can you – I was I was joking with Cold Coffee earlier. By the way, are you, are you just enjoying yeah, this Yeah, man, sports? it just hit me. And I was like, I didn't know if anybody else was drinking. But, yeah, this – Mango Even Keel Session IPA. I took a sip. I thought it was a Fathom as well, but, man, it like, the mango, it, like, puckered my lips. It was really tasty. I was like, but nobody else is drinking it, so I can't share in this moment with anybody. But it was <laughs> really, really good. In a second? Yeah, it was really I've good. I've never even heard of a mango beer, but I'm oh, super you're gonna have one. Mango you're gonna have Even I'm Keel. Have one. So Dude, this Ballast Point is the shit. Ballast Point. Ballast Point. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Frankie Edgar, all right, so it was funny. I was joking with Cole Coffee earlier. We, we were sitting here, and we were, like, processing the video and doing some stuff. And I was looking on, like, some of our YouTube stuff that we were uploading. And I was, like, uh, you know, looking at the interview I did with Frankie Edgar yesterday, a little sit-down I did with him yesterday. Because it was, I mean, there were, like, 14 people to talk to in 45 minutes a day, which is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, so we did a few yesterday. Frankie was one of them. Uh, and it was funny because I was looking, and there were, like, 180 upvotes and two downvotes. And I'm like, how do you downvote Frankie Edgar? Like, I don't care. What, who are you? I mean, Frankie Edgar is – dude, he's just – I mean, he's an absolute legend of sport. But then you got Ortega. Ortega, who not only is he a great fighter. I mean, of course, the, the, the fight against Cub was the fight that everybody's remembering right now. But then now that people are getting to know him and you see he's this – First of all, uh, fully Spanish speaking, uh, so very cool there. This laid back SoCal guy, but 
a dude that has love for the people, like is creating, uh, you know, yeah. organizations and stuff so we can give back. He's I mean, legitimately I, more interested in talking about charity work than he is about his opponent. Right? Like, he has no interest. And I honestly think that, like, and and this I don't think it affects my coverage. I can genuinely say that two of just my favorite arbitrary number five people in the sport. I agree. Are Frankie Edgar? Like they both just seem like legitimately good guys who are like athletes who fight. Right. Who and I love bo- watching both of them fight. I think Brian Ortega. I mean, his rise is is amazing, astonishing. But I also just like the way he fights. I mean, he's the opposite of Francis Ngannou in in that sense. And, right. You know, they they both have very different skill sets. But there are guys who I don't mind just getting excited about. Yeah. And you know, I'm not going to write this in print, but like just talking to you, like, man, I want to see what Brian Ortega does on Saturday night. Right. Because my gut is Frankie just takes these, you know, takes these prospects and destroys them. He's just on a different level, right? Yes. And I think he is. Look, the only guy Frankie Edgar loses to is Jose Aldo. Right. Um, but I think that Brian Ortega, with what he did to Cub, and yes, that's the last thing in our mind, but it also matters because we all know how good Cub Swanson is. And every split second that Cub just turned off, yep. Swanson was on him. Or sorry, yep, I'm Ortega sorry. Was on him. Ortega yep. was on him. Um, and I think that just his specific skill set means that Frankie has to be perfect. Well, he has to be perfect. See, and he can be perfect. There you go. No, that there you go. Because, again, we're talking about those specialists again. Not that Ortega isn't a well-rounded fighter. He is a well-rounded fighter. But his jiu-jitsu is on a different level. And it was funny. Cole Coffey, when we were talking to Frankie, you know, I, you know, I was asking him, you know, what's it like to get ready for a specialist, especially on this short of notice? You know, and he was like, listen, I mean, the thing about – and it was funny because not that he was downgrading. I mean, he was certainly he realizes what he's up against. Frankie's the constant professional; he gets it. But it was funny because he was saying, like, "Listen, the thing is, he might not set it up, but if it's there, he'll grab it." You know what I mean? And that alludes to exactly what you said: is like, dude, you have to be perfect. That's what's amazing to me about Ortega is like, you almost don't even have to make a mistake. It almost just has to be like. You know what I mean? Like, you just happen to leave your head in the wrong position, which isn't even really – I mean, if he grabs onto you, like, it's you're not, in trouble. You believe it's That's your true. head is in the wrong position. Yeah. Because in That's fighting, like your head mistake. is not always in the right position. <laughs> um, yeah, and he is he is that kid. And I don't think that, like, you know, we've seen a, a guy in his 20s. I don't think there's another guy in his 20s right now who has that skill set in any of the divisions. Um, and, like, it's fascinating. It's fun because we all, again, we come – we watch the sport in the era of specialists, and yeah, he he is well rounded. It's it's yep. not fair to just call him a just guy, but like talking to Frankie today, and I didn't ask him about Connor. I want to be fucking clear. A lot of people did. I didn't ask yeah. him about Connor either. Somebody even asked me. I'm like, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I didn't want to ask. Him. What were they bringing me, up? I, about I, I don't know. To me, fight week. Let's focus on the fight. But yeah, and the reason why the reason I said that was because he seemed to genuinely like. It was like he was exhaling after, you know, he'd been holding his breath, having to deal with all this trash talk and all this crap for a couple of years. And he was like, oh, I'm back to getting to fight the fighters who I, like, grew up fighting. Right. He he genuinely just seemed relaxed and, like, wanted to say good things about Ortega. Yep. Like, he genuinely just seemed – and it was such a relief for me. Dude, this is this the, is just a great – to me – all right, so here – I mean, here we are, right? Like, we're talking about the lull of MMA and how bad it is. Like, to me – like, this is fucking MMA at its best, right? Yeah. This ain't no grudge match. This ain't no people that don't like each other. This is just straight up, like, two of the greatest fighters on the planet right now yeah. facing off in the cage. And, look, I had to give a staff pick. Cole Coffey, I went with 
I went with Frankie Edgar, even though I got to be honest, I'm 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 Ortega. I'm I'm an Ortega guy. Well, that's so much. But I'm a but I'm a but I'm a Frankie guy. I mean, dude, it's, you know, I think that as as report as media, and I don't have to make picks, but you know, I make picks to yeah. friends and all that. Like, I feel like they're hit a point where because of Connor, where what he did, where he was this amazing prospect who had so much hype, and he actually did it. I was just picking the prospects every time. Right. And then I watched yeah, a year get beat by Frankie. I mean, I've just watched Francis. And now I'm kind of back on the like, oh, just play it safe with picking Frankie for this fight. It's it's that tough moment to pick the spot where, exactly. where the where the where the kid where the, where the student is ready to become the exactly. teacher, right? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like it's it's always hard to pick like where's that where's that edge? And I mean, we saw it, Rose did it, right? Like what mm. a special night that was in New York, you know, seeing her do it. I 100% didn't even consider Max. Yeah, did Max it. all the way did it. They happen and they're they're special big fun nights. Yep. But did it's you always pick safer. Rose in that fight? <laughs> no. I was like, did <laughs> no. anybody pick Rose? But I'm saying like that's the thing. Like I have been picking safe. I, yeah. I I think I picked Aldo. You know. And in this fight, like I am gonna pick Frankie. But it feels like one of those ones where I'm picking. But I also I recognize. I'm gonna find our picks. I'm pretty sure I picked Ortega. I picked Frankie. I picked Frankie. But I will tell you what, man, I. I'm such an Ortega, and, and again, I mean, at the end of the day, when, when it comes to writing stories, when it comes to doing play-by-play, when it comes to scoring rounds, I, I, I'm as you know, I'm as unbiased as it comes. Yeah. But when it comes to drinking a, a frosty beverage <laughs> exactly. and talking with my boys about MMA, like I love Ortega, man, dude. The you know the opportunity I got his last fight to to, to it was it was such a small show and there was no attention there, and I got to sit down with him for like 20 minutes and talk to him about his life, and then all fight week, like you posted that video of him uh, singing, yeah, it's called the Thomas Rhett song, <laughs> yeah, and I was like. I, I now listen to that song once a day. Right? Because it was amazing, like the most right? charming thing I've ever great. seen. I was hoping yeah. he would play that at the open workouts there. Whatever. <laughs> you know, and the whole week, man, him and his crew were like playing dominoes. Yeah. And I mean, just, it was cool. You know, as much as I love the, the big events like this, you know, it was it was cool to have that. But then again, Frankie Edgar, like to me, like, that's one of the top guys of all time. I yeah. mean, that that is literally, he is one of the greatest of all time. And can we just say, shout out to Frankie Edgar for real, because straight up, he had the title shot. Max Holloway's only out for, you know, 12 weeks or whatever it is. All he has to say is, I'm out. He I'll never wait. hesitated. We knew that he was sticking with this fight the entire time. How amazing is that? I mean, yeah. dude, don't understate that. Like, seriously, don't understate that. I mean, fighters and, want the money fight and all that and the big fight, and then here's Frankie going, like, I don't give a damn. And, and, and he's like, dude, if, if I'm going to call myself in the best in the world, i got to beat everybody in the division. You and Mike Bond were talking about it. I also don't think that – you can understate Cyborg saving this card, you know, coming in. Like, those things, like, they do matter. And we, I, I think one of the things that drives me nuts is if a fighter turns it down. Right. Everyone loses their mind and gets mad at him. Right. And says he's scared, he's scared. So, like, they deserve, you know, the, the requisite. Flip side. The, the, the flip side. Yeah. You're right, because the truth is when, when, when fighters make those decisions, they're not scared. No. There is not a person on the USC roster that's scared of anybody else on the USC roster. Period. Point blank. They're making business decisions. It's a calculation. It's a calculation. Yeah. And, and I respect the calculation on both sides, but damn do I love it. Ah. Frankie Edgar was like, I'm still on this card. This card is not getting canceled. I'll be there. I this, love it. And took a tough it. fight. I love it. I love Ob- it. Obviously, when, I mean, uh, you don't need Dana White to be here to lay the stakes out. Uh, we know. The winner gets Holloway, period. Yeah. I mean, Edgar, of course, is already there if he wins. You know, uh, and like, if, if I know that wins, nobody I, else. Jose is here. Yep. I will say that, like, like if the UFC is smart and Ortega does win this, man, you're trying to expand with female fans. 
that's your dude. That's a good looking man yeah. who like like literally just like he's a good looking guy who isn't a creep. That's the guy who I'm like sending out Brian Ortega calendars to the ladies. He like, definitely does just, everything yeah. right. He's definitely a role model, a guy that you want to build up. I mean, the <laughs> guy goes out and he does charity work. I mean, today in open work, he had a great moment bringing his younger brother up, you know, and it was a nice, playful moment. I mean, I think it was Oscar from the Mac Life that was came and he's like, man, can Seriously, I just tell you, man, Brian Ortega, man, I kind of got lost in his eyes. You know, and we were joking about it. I mean, he is. He's a good-looking dude, but he does everything right. He's he's definitely the type of role model, the guy that you want representing well, your company. And, and I'll say this, too. I mean, not only that, but what, what I didn't realize until this week is I knew he spoke Spanish. What I didn't know is that Spanish is his first language. Yeah. So not only does he speak Spanish a little bit, not only does he speak Spanish fluently, no, Spanish was actually his first language. Yeah. So Did he, you say he was going to start tutoring King? <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't Danny saying that. All right, <laughs> Danny Austin. Ultimately, did you end up? Did are are you end up going Frankie? But like, it's a hesitant pick with Frankie. Yeah, yeah. That's that's where I'm at. Cold coffee, Frankie. Right. But you're no. I picked Ortega. You I rolled think. Ortega. I think I went Ortega. Yeah. I'd have to look and pick, but I think. Uh, and I and I love Frankie. I mean, he's super super tough. But I don't know. And I'm I'm the worst dude on our fucking roster right now when it comes to picks. I think I one I picked. He battled a lot for of two th- years to get on the list. And, now <laughs> and then he's I'm, the last I'm bringing place. up the rear. He's like, take well, me one, off. one, it's like uh, the the day for for the Bellator fights. Hulton and uh, Nelson did two interviews with him. These are like two friends. I'm like. They're going to look at my picks and give me shit. Never oh, yeah. give me another interview. I'm like, all right, I'm going to take one for the team. I'm going to pick those two. I was wrong in both of those cases. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. So I, I pick with my heart way too much. But in this case, uh, I don't know. I just I just feel like right now it's just, I just feel it's Ortega's time. I mean, he's doing everything right. I'm not going to lie. And, and no offense to, to my heart's, my heart's with Ortega. My heart's with Ortega. Yeah, he's just and doing one everything one of the right. worst things about making picks any of the time is that, like, they're written in stone when you don't really want them to be. I know. Like, yeah. like you have to pick someone, and it's like, yo, this is 100%. The yep. reader thinks that. When meanwhile, you're like, oh, I need six paragraphs to explain why I think, well, you know. Uh, no, I was, I was junkie saying, readers are much better than me at this. Well, <laughs> I, was, I was saying, too, you know what's even funny, too, is, like, we've had situations where, you know, we'll have a pick, and, and, and now we have 14 people picking on our staff, which is crazy. But it may be 14-0 in one direction <laughs> – but all of us are like 5149, 5149. Yeah. You know, so like, oh, 14-0, it's very clear that everybody believes this. Like, nah, it's like basically we're all split in the middle. We just happen to lean 1% this other direction. Exactly. So, yeah. all right, well, listen, uh, this is a great fight. To me, I mean, this is one of the best fights of the year. I, 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 I hope that's not too grand, but to me, this is one of the fights I'm most excited about. I, I mean, it's grand. Oh, it's Look, we're, we've also you know, we're, got we're what like nine weeks into the year, but no, but <laughs> this is amazing. Legitimately, though, like for all of the crap that this company has taken, and I'm actually giving it to like I, mm-hmm. I have my problems with the way this company is being run right now and promoted, but like I like this card. Two twenty three is going to be great. Sick. Two twenty three, sick. Um, like what we know for, for from here until July is awesome. It's strong. Um, I love the Cormier Steve fight. I love it. Can I ask you guys one question? Yeah. What's the November New York headline? November? I just, I'm just We're curious. thinking like, about November? I just want to know because there are generally two big cards in the year right now. I guess three because you get the New Year's card. But that hasn't been as big recently. So you have International Fight Week and then you have the New York card. So that'll be something special, something different. I think it's going to be George and Connor. Fucking Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. 
you think? Right yeah. with her in there. Mm. I don't know. I'm just curious as to what the like big. If you were just guessing for fun, end of the year, what's the blockbuster? Because in New York, I mean, you got all right. So there's Con- three guys. Be Connor factors in there somewhere. I mean, Connor's definitely coming back. Uh, there's a September event in Russia that's that's more than likely going to happen, but that's a fight night. That's not a pay per view. No. Connor's not fighting on that. And again. By the way, can I just go back to when everybody was talking shit about Dana White saying Connor wanted to fight Habib in Russia? Of course he said that. He said that. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. It's the same thing like Connor said he'll fight this. Anyway, yeah. whatever. Uh, yeah, so he won't fight in Russia. Con- yeah. You think Connor GSP? I mean, like, all indications are that GSP is dropping the weight. Connor's sitting there. I mean, he can come and do the lightweight thing. I'd love to see him do it. That's Dropping always the been what? the fight. You said it. I remember listening to the Rojo in New York. You guys were like, that's the fight that they're going to make. That's the fight. And it's been a couple months. But at what so weight? Do it 165, do it 170. It's because there's no fucking way he <laughs> that's can get anywhere That's why he wanted down. to win the 165 <laughs> title this week, set it up for November. <laughs> I, I just I think that they're going to – like it's it's the fight that makes sense for yeah. that guy. All right, well, let's do, do this. Because even my if frosty it was like, beverage. yeah, my GSPs frosty. have an issues at 170 at this point. My know? frosty beverage is empty, so <laughs> I need to refill. I just wanted to throw that there because I want yeah, – That right. would be interesting. I'd have to think on, I'd have to think on that one. We'll carry on. In hey, look, I yeah. want to know why Francis Ngannou has towels around him between rounds. I don't know if you guys heard me. How much <laughs> trouble did. I got they in were, that. He was Ice so cold enamored towel, with it. Sir. I got in so much trouble for that. <laughs> Not, like, I, didn't I don't know. They were so mad at me. They were upset at you. Yeah, but I'm fine with that. Good luck in that interview. It was a good question. It was a good question. It was a legit question. <laughs> it was a good question. That's, what, that's, that's why I like Danny Austin. He doesn't mind stirring up the pot a little bit. All right, listen, let's refresh these frosty beverages. And while we do, let's uh, let's hear it from uh, Ortega, the guy that will admit, uh, I think we're all kind of, I don't want to say hoping he wins, but we'd be happy if he wins because he seems like a, a real true up-and-coming star. But he's going up against an absolute beast of Frankie Yeager. Uh, here is, uh, here's T-City. I saw you a month ago, and we asked you, what, what are you going to do? And you said, I'm going to sit back, I'm going to wait, I'm going to see what happens. Do you feel like you played this thing exactly right? Um, I feel like the cards were dealt in, in a good way. You know, I feel like if I would have took the, the other fight with um, Emmett or Stevens, you know, that they, all these guys challenging me, I would not be in this predicament, you know. And now I actually like the predicament that I'm in, and I like my chances now as in terms of getting the belt for sure as a secure title shot, you know. I talked to Dana White, I talked to everyone, they said, if you can be the fighter who, who gives Frankie a loss, you deserve that belt. And are you willing to take it on three weeks? Let's do it. I said, let's, you know, I'm up for a challenge. That's the thing is that I guess the bad side is you didn't get the full camp. You, you got to do it on three weeks. Give me an idea. I mean, did you weigh that out? Was it tough? I mean, are, you, are you a guy that stays in shape so it's no big deal? Or did you have to think, man, this is going to be tough? How did that go down? I'm a guy who always stays in shape, always stays ready. And the way I looked at it was if I, in the perfect world, I would love, obviously, a full training camp. You know, everyone loves a full training camp. I would love to get my body acclimated to, to torture, as I call it, right? Two months of torture of training. But um, surprisingly, there's a quote I read because I was feeling pretty like sore right off the bat. Like the first week of training, I couldn't even walk. And I go, wait, what's going on? And it said, you don't know how strong you are until being strong is the only option you have or the only choice you have. And that really made me start my next week. And I started strong. And then the third week, I finished strong. And I, I told myself, you know what? Like, I'm proud of the, the hard work and the amount of work that I put in these three weeks for this fight because there's times in there that I, I didn't want to wake up and actually leave and I'm like, dude, why did you take this on short notice? Why are you killing your body at so like at a fast pace? You should rest more, you should do this. 
but the way I am as, as a person is I don't want any ghost. I really want to go in the fight, even on one week, two weeks, just saying, you know what, dude, you did everything you could do, that's it. Everything is done. There's no, I should have did this, I could have did that. Oh, why did you take the fight on three weeks? No, I took the fight on three weeks notice, knowing what time it is, knowing who I'm facing, and just knowing exactly what could happen, you know, and it's high risk, high reward, but at the same time is, um, you know, like, dream big, fail big, and this is this is the ultimate dream big, fail big. Get to fight a legend, you know, like, this is, just to see my face on that poster at T-Bone Arena, I'm already, like, I'm already on, Dude, I'm already like on cloud nine right now. I was gonna say, I mean, everything seems to be moving so fast. I mean, yes, you had a main event before, but you know, we were in a little town in a little arena. There was, there wasn't all this going on, <laughs> right? I was like, wait, I was a main event last time. What's going on? I'm this is a lot more, and it's just co-main event. So what's it like for, I mean, are, are you enjoying the process? Is it a little, I mean, do you feel a little, is it intrusive? Is it difficult with all the added responsibilities? I mean, what's the outside of the cage stuff like for you right now? Right now, I didn't realize how much media there is, uh, as in terms of Fresno. Fresno, I said, I'm the main event. There should be more, more media over here. But like you said, it was a small town, and there was not much. It was like free week. Like you seen, I had time to just mess around and play dominoes and do all kinds of stuff. Versus now, it's like, hey, Brian, we're waking you up at eight o'clock and we're gonna do this, and then from eight to this, and then from nine to this, and then from here to here, and then finally you're like, wait, okay, like when, when do I chill? <laughs> when do I relax? And uh, I mean, that's the hard part right now, you know, just all the media. And I get it, you know, as a fighter, you you want to help the sport out and you want to promote the fight. And I understand the responsibilities, you know, so this is for sure something new uh, in my career as in terms of all the media, but uh, I feel like I'm handling it well. And once I handle this type of situation, next time I handle a situation, I know how to better handle it, you know, because I've already been through it. You mentioned fighting a legend in Frankie. I mean, I think it's interesting, right? I mean, you're taking on short notice, but I got to think you've watched a bunch of Frankie fights over over time, right? So, I mean, is this a fight that you had kind of already started breaking down, kind of already started thinking, boy, if I ever get in there with him, this is how I would approach it? Yeah, I saw his fight against Yair Rodriguez, you know, and I said, you know what? If I was in that, if I was in that position that he put Yair, I always, I always, I always want to show the fight fans what I'm capable of doing, especially with my jiu-jitsu, you know, and. He's a great grappler, he's a great wrestler, and he's a top game guy. And I'm a great jiu-jitsu, and I'm a great bottom game guy. And history has shown those are the best fights to make. When you have a top wrestler against a top jiu-jitsu guy who know what they're doing and who are deadly on top and on bottom. And that's what I'm excited about. Uh, these kind of matchups get me excited, you know, because these are the type of fights that even in training I always prepare for. I always have big guys trying to hold me down and punch my face in. And I like it. A lot of fighters don't like it. I love being comfortable in uncomfortable situations. And I feel that's where I happily took this fight because I, I honestly felt like no matter what happens, I'm gonna be okay when I face this legend. And I actually wanna know what I can do and if I can finish this guy. Knowing what's at stake here, I mean, your undefeated record, a title shot on the line, Frankie Yeager, what is the overwhelming feeling right now? I mean, is it nerves? Is it excitement? Is it questions? I mean, what is the overwhelming emotion for you right now? Well, I feel like there's no, not too many overwhelming emotions or feelings, but I feel like in order for me to fight someone like Frankie, I would have to bring something to the table. And the undefeated record is, is what I brought to the table for him to say, you know what, why would he take that fight with me, right? So the undefeated record, 
uh, finishing every single opponent in the UFC, all that show, and the names that I finished. So I feel like that that is like my negotiation tool, right, to fight a legend like him. Because I feel like if someone else were to try to fight him, he'd probably be like, no way, like, I'm just going to wait for Max Holloway. But because he sees that I'm a, a worthy opponent, that's what it is. And for me, that's all I ever wanted. I wanted to build up enough credit to be able to fight guys like him, you know, to be able to have these opportunities and to be able to show the world who I am and what I'm made of. I think people are excited for the fight. We know what you can do. When you play this thing out in your head, how do you see yourself getting your hand raised on Saturday? Do you go through trouble to get there? Is it, is it a, is, how does it go? It's definitely going to be uh, trouble to get there. This guy has never been finished in his entire career. And if anyone knows me as a fight fan or, you know, I love to finish, you know. I don't go in there to score points. I go in there to finish my opponents, and this is going to be a great test for me, you know. This is the ultimate test. Someone who has never been finished in the UFC, an ex-champion, or, uh, you know, former champion, and a legend in the sport, has the most uh, octagon time in UFC history. Like, I, when I start reading these things, I go, wait. You signed up for a lot, bro. Like, let's get, you know, and it gets me more excited versus more nervous, you know. It gets more like, will you be the guy who pulls it off, you know. And if so, how. And uh, I honestly just see whoever makes a mistake, it's, that's it, you know. That's honestly, with this fight, it's, it's so neck to neck that it's anyone who makes a mistake, it, it's going to pay for it. Welcome back to the Mid Road Show. That was T City. Ryan Ortega. God damn, I love that co main event. It's gonna be a lot of fun. You could just tell how beautiful his eyes are with that audio. <laughs> you could just hear them. Just get lost in those eyes. Clear blue eyes. <laughs> <and> this... <laughs> what is happening right now? That. What is going on? Can we start over? No. <laughs> All right, Jose Young's joining us. By the way, joining us, by the way, for this uh, Ballast Point Even yeah. Keel Mango I don't normally IPA. like fruit beer, and I don't normally like IPAs, but... It's tasty, not right? Bad, right? Yeah, it's not Dude, bad. Like, everything that they, they, they've made, I mean, and I'm not just trying to, you know, toot their horn because they give us delicious beers, but... Uh, I mean, free, man, it's like uh, but smooth. I will say. <laughs> it's like super smooth. Like, oh, you know, good. I've had a lot of IPAs and a lot of uh, beers where it's just like the, the aftertaste really gets to you, and you're just like... It's almost oppressive until you have a few, and then everything's sort <laughs> yeah, of numb, yeah. anyways. But like these are just delicious. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean, like it's a dangerous really, beer. Really, good. Yeah, this one. It's a dangerous. This beer. is like a. I would love no. this one, like sitting out by the pool. Like, I mean, listen. No, little, normally, when I'm drinking an IPA, I feel like I'm drinking a bag of weed. Is basically I think, what I, 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 I describe it as tree bark. There, like you just yeah, rip you some tree tree bark off they and just like it. chew it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right, well, let's talk about it. Uh, listen, perfect time to bring you on, Jose. You're an Arizona guy, yeah. so let's talk about. Sugar Sean O'Malley versus yeah. Andre Sukumtat. Uh, all right, this is interesting, right? I, I love this fight being the third fight on the pay-per-view. Now, again, I'm not expecting this pay-per-view to do huge sales, right? right? But I do think we're all pretty excited. And I think that Sean O'Malley and Andre Sukumtat is a, a show-stealer type, yeah. a, a type of fight. And I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly excited about it. I will say this. <clears throat> and, and the numbers I'm giving aren't uh, like private numbers, but if you go to like our YouTube, you know the the interviews that we did. On Sean's probably doing great numbers. Sean was he's, number one. Yeah, he's way up there for us. The uh, the face offs today, 
he was the story he's of the our, face-offs, right? He's our biggest... Even though it was... I mean, I guess you could say it was Andre that was the story of the face-off, right? Because Andre yeah, was the yeah. one that slapped Sean Shelby. Mm-hmm. But still, right? Like, it was that fight. I mean, this fight is big. I feel like anytime you're big, anytime you're big, it's because people both love you and hate you. Yeah. And he seems to be doing that. Now, I will say this. As much as I love his fighting style... I don't love his interview style yet. Not, not I at all. I think he's still growing into his yeah. interview style. I don't. I mean, it's it's weird because he's such a showman, and I feel like his interviews don't exactly like exude his personality yeah. yet. But but give me the Arizona point of view, man. What what do you think about Sean O'Malley, and and what do you think about the build? Because this is interesting, right? Like we're in a time when all people do is criticize the UFC for not building stars, not building stars, not 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 helping. Here's a guy they take from Dana White's Contender Series to the Ultimate Fighter finale to a pay-per-view, pay-per-view. in three fights. They're featuring him on on the, on the prime time, and right and, and they're not featuring Su- well, they feature Sukumtoth a little bit, but I mean right. the bottom line is that's who they're featuring. So I don't know what what do you think about what do you think about this kid? Is is he the real deal? Is is he is he deserving of this hype? Is, is this too much? What do you think? I think it really reminds me of I think Cynthia Calvillo made her her first three fights around a pay-per-view mm. and. Her first one, she was filling in, so I, you can't. I don't really count that. But then it was pay per view, pay per view, well, and then pay per view, and then she was on the like the co main event or second fight. So you saw the UFC push her hard and Sugar Sean fighting Andre. Like Andre is one and two. I think he should be three and zero. Oh. Yes. it's not an easy fight. Uh, one and two is not indicative of exactly. If you go back and watch those fights, man, they were hard fought fights. Very, very, very narrow. And then his third win was like he he like stole Luke Sanders' soul with yeah, like that that knockout. So he could be three and zero. Oh, and I do agree with you, Sugar Sean. Like I interviewed him today, and it was like two word answers. <laughs> and I'm like, you have like like. If you haven't seen what he was wearing today, it was like oh. the, it was the most outrageous outfit. It was like red sunglasses, like red shoes with no socks, like a blue button up with like bedazzles on it. And I was like, "Yo, Sugar Sean, like you got this curly afro. You look like super fly right now. Like, what is this?" He goes, "I just like to dress this way." I'm like, "That's that's that's, that's it. That's it." I was like, <laughs> "I'm putting it on the teeth for you." Right. I'm, I'm just, like, I'm, just, I'm like, this, like you see, this is a softball. <laughs> And just like, <laughs> and he's just like not taking. I was like, all right, whatever. And then he's like, I just want to let my fighting style do it. I'm like, well, you have by far one of the most exciting fighting styles I've seen. And I mean, he did that impromptu workout. Like he wasn't scheduled to yeah. be at the open workouts, and then he showed up and he was just hitting pads and doing spinning roundhouse kicks, like like not breaking a sweat. So in Arizona, I kind of heard of him uh, for a little bit, and then he he when he got onto the contender series. I didn't watch much of it because of the the West Coast time difference and stuff. Right. I tuned in to see him yep. just because I had been hearing about him so much. And then he had that knockout, and then he was on the Ultimate Fighter, and I was like, as soon as he won the Ultimate Fighter, I was like, this is going to be their guy. I know it's going to be their guy. Mm-hmm. He, he's a skilled cat, man. He really can. You know, it's funny. I, I should say real quick, uh, talking about the open workouts, first of all, you, you mentioned the spinning kicks. I mean, let's tease it now, dude. Like, you picked out that one little clip of Sean O'Malley grabbing the the leg and then throwing the oh, spinning yeah. kick off that. If he pulls that off in a fight where he basically – if you look at your footage, and, you, and the footage is on YouTube, if you look at the open workout footage, the way he set it up was he kind of he kind of went in for a single. For a single leg. And, and pulled the single, but instead of, like, trying to turn the turn the pipe, he he, he, he turn, stepped back yep, and then, like – And threw yeah. a spinning kick. Stepped back, yeah, and held it almost like if you would catch a kick and you were just extending the leg and held it by the ankle – 
but he did it in such a fluid movement and it was probably in the span of like maybe a second where he went for the single leg, stood up, took a step back, slid his arm back to the to the ankle and then did a spinning kick into yeah. the it, and, it, and, and what Cole would be the head. Was like, <laughs> the head. He was like, can you imagine if he catches a kick? Because you dig in exactly. those moments where you catch yeah. a kick and you hold the leg for a second and you're like, what's my next move? If he throws a spinning kick off of the holding the leg off of a kick, yeah. that'll be sick. But be gnarly. the other thing I want to mention was real quick, the uh, Brian Ortega at the open workouts, he mentioned his – his his little brother came in there to kind oh of play God. around yeah. with him. Oh but my God! His little God. brother kind of caught him with a knee. Like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was like caught I was, with a knee to the head. I was I was sitting next to one of the UFC photographers and like he's fil- like we're like taking pictures and filming it and then he gets like taken. He goes, "Oh my God!" Like he says it audibly. Like he's a UFC employee and he's watching the co-main event guy. <laughs> Take yeah. a knee in open workouts from a guy not wearing pads. Can you like imagine? And he's just like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "I like I saw it, but then like seeing this UFC employee stressed out, <laughs> yeah. like stressed me out." Can you imagine if a little brother's knee like imagine the, explaining that? Yeah. The fight? like imagine explaining that. Oh my god! Did you see? You were I think you were opposite of me. Yeah, I was right, workout. directly opposite. But uh, it's funny because before we knew that uh, Sugar Sean was going to crash the open workouts. We saw him up on the balcony, like, wow, because somebody else was yeah. working out. And we're like, what is Sean doing up there? Because he just started, like, he was, like, hitting the air and, like, stretching down and stretching. And I was like, is he in a robe? Because it looked like he had yeah, already yeah. changed or something. And at that point, we didn't know he was going to come down the open workouts. We were just like, man, dude just wants to be here so much. He's just going to work out in the balcony of the, the, the sports book. So I thought it was kind of funny. I didn't know if you guys saw him up I didn't, there. I didn't see it. Because he was it. opposite of me, but he would have been behind I, where you guys were. After the, after the weigh-ins, I was like, I didn't see. Like, he just appeared. And everyone yeah. on the opposite side was like, Everybody Dude, had he practically was up there. left. I mean, like, yeah. at that point, because I think there was, like, four of us that filmed. Like, I had already broke down my gear. And then they're like, oh, hey, we have an extra surprise. I was like, are you serious? Yeah, he's like, we're going to take you to the sugar <laughs> show. And I was like, what is that? I was like, I'm, <laughs> what is happening? And then he comes out. And some people stayed around to get photos and he was like they asked him like why'd you want to do this he's like oh i want to promote my brand or i want to promote myself but i was you like know what sure you got to respect sure. that right yeah. like it's funny because you know he's he gets again, it i think it's such an interesting intersection right now right because we're talking about this slow time in the ufc and this slow time for mma and this and and then yeah here's this guy who is really not that great on the mic like no. like we assume that you have to be great on the mic I've I've interviewed him a handful of times and I like the kid. I like the kid a lot, mm-hmm. man. He's not that great on the mic. Not yet. But he looks good and he He's fights good. Exactly. Like he like if you see him on the street, he looks like a he looks like a cartoon character. Right? Like he has a big curly afro. He's got really colorful tattoos and like what I remember most is when I like I saw, when, when he won the Ultimate Fighter, I was like this guy's going to be a big deal, but even before he was won the Ultimate Fighter, remember when Dana White was in that video where he was talking about bad tattoos? Right. Every fighter he talked about was like Conor McGregor, like Cub Swanson, and Sugar Sean was there. And I was like, this guy doesn't even have a UFC fight, <laughs> and he's already on a Dana White tattoo <laughs> tattoo so video, true, right? And like he has these really colorful tattoos, and then he, like you guys, the thing that you remember from the open workout was this crazy spinning kick that he did. Yep. Like as soon as he learns how to talk on the mic, and if he keeps winning, he's going to be a big deal. I think he's a real deal. Now listen, I don't want to take away from Andre Sugutat. I think I think as and you said, I want to I want to like add is like you're saying like I'm an Arizona guy. Sugar Sean's an Arizona guy. Andre Sukumtov is from Rhode Island, and I'm born and raised in Rhode Island. Oh, I didn't know that. And so I went up to him, and I was like. I'm from Rhode Island. You're from Woonsocket, Rhode Island. He goes, I'm from Providence, and I moved to Woonsocket. I was like, I think you're the only person that's ever purposely moved 
two wound socket. Like, why do you live there? <laughs> or even heard of it? Exactly. It's like it's like the only thing it has is like CVS is there, and it is the most blue collar town in the world. He goes, I love it. I he's There's like CVS. There. He's like he's like touting a CVS. Yeah, he's like I have the key to they they gave me the key to the city of wound socket. In my mind, I'm like. It well, opens great. two buildings. <laughs> great. And he was, like, so hyped. He's like, my goal is to bring the UFC to Rhode Island. I'm like, honestly, I love it. But in my mind, I'm like, it's going to be rough. But <laughs> yeah, it's bro. like, so Rhode Island versus Arizona, real weird situation. Just a good fight, though. I, I love the fight, man. I think the stakes are big. As you said, uh, Sukumtop doesn't have really the respect probably that he deserves because he's been through some tough fights. But I, I do think I, – I love I love this fight. I really do love Sugar Sean asked – well, one of the things I took away is, like, did you know anything about Andre Sukumtop? Or is this one of those, like, you're a prospect, I'll fight anyway? He goes, no, I asked for him. I go, really? He goes, I saw his last fight. I thought he was super flat-footed. I thought he was very orthodox. And I think I could. he gives me a chance to finish him in spectacular fashion. I was like, so you're picking your opponent based off how you think you can finish him? And he's like, yeah. I was like, well, like all power to you. If you could pull off this crazy spinning kick that you did in open workouts, like that's marketing genius right there. That Pick is- your opponents based off how you finish them. That is crazy. All right, heavyweight Stevis Drew versus Andre Olowski. Uh, Want to ask you guys about this? How how you felt about this? Because when it was first announced, like I, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 one of those weird. I mean, it's 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 not obviously immediately relevant in the rankings, but like Andre Olowski. I mean, dude, he's a legend. I mean, the guy's been in the UFC since the UFC twenties. I mean, that's insane, right? I mean, obviously he left and came back and all that. But I mean, the guy the guy is part of MMA history, right? Stevis Struve. A unique character, seven feet tall, has had some amazing performances, has had some setbacks, um, but a good dude, you know, still pretty young. I, I'll never forget, you know, him coming to the UFC and saying his goal was that 50 UFC fights, you know, and that's <laughs> crazy. But, I mean, it is it is possible nowadays, which is many events sure. as they have and that sort of thing. Uh, Struve coming off a loss. Arlovsky had that losing streak, but now he won. Uh, it was crazy cool coffee. I mean, seeing seeing uh, seeing Arlowski with the gray in his beard, yeah. you know, and he's like, he's I know, like, you said that to him, as I'm thinking, like, dude, I got a beard full of gray. <laughs> well, you're not a former he UFC took it, he took it like champion. a champ. He, he took it like a champ, and he was just like, he's like, yeah, I got it, but you know, I still feel young. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It, it was nice that he was like, you can actually call me old now. He's yeah, like, I have gray in my beard. So I, I don't know. At first, when they first announced this fight, I was like, eh. But now I'm actually kind of intrigued by it. Now that we're here, yeah. I'm kind of intrigued by it. Yeah, and I mean, Andre Olovsky, I was talking with Danny Austin before. I think Vitor Belfort is the only one that debuted before Andre Olovsky that's still mm-hmm. on the roster. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think what Vitor was UFC 14 and that's Andre right. was like right. 20 or 21. Right. And for guys who watched like back then, like he was a champion. Like him and Tim Sylvia was like the original heavyweight rivalry. Right. Um, so I'm always going to watch Andre Olowski fight. He always kind of has a soft spot in my heart. Of and then Stefan Struve has a knockout win over the current baddest man on the planet. I mean, it, is this a title eliminator? No, but I it, it intrigues me for sure. I agree. Cool Coffee, what do you think, man? I, I mean, Olowski older at this point to say the least, but uh, – I don't know, man. For whatever reason, still gives us some respect. Still gives us—I uh, don't know. I still get excited seeing Andre. Olasky. I do too. I mean, he like just like you said. I mean, like he, he's definitely not a guy that you would call a dinosaur of the sport, but he is a guy that's been around. And he's been doing it as long as anybody. And I mean, I remember the first time I ever saw Andre and the 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 mouth guard that he had. That I used to think was just the most intimidating, awesome like thing mouth guard that you yeah. see like Bermuda's biting or whatever nowadays. But no, I mean. 
I I think he's he's a elder statesman of the sport. He's a guy that I love seeing around. Like, and this is one of the cats that, you know, we're getting to a point where we are seeing. I mean, we're we're gonna talk a little bit more about it in a second, but like Piles finishing. Yeah, Piles, yeah. a guy that's been around forever. Arlovsky, he's going to be another one that soon we're going to be having the same the last discussion. Last of the right? Like, yeah, I mean, we're going to be having that guard, discussion. Man, and that it's old like generation. we need to embrace these fights as much as it might seem where somebody might be like, oh, you know, this fight's not great or whatever. But just for the, to give them respect for the fact of what this guy has given to the sport. And you know both of these guys are going to go out there, and one of them is probably going to end up sleeping on the canvas. It's going to be and a crazy And they're still willing fight. to do it, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that's what's awesome about it. And But I thought his interview with us was great. I mean, uh, I know he was on the radio show, and I'm glad we decided to go ahead and still get him. And I thought we got a, a, an incredible uh, interview with him. And uh, I'm super excited for this fight. I'm excited I'm to see Struve back because and I actually picked Struve on this one. You know, after watching Arlovsky and seeing us, and I know I feel like I'm in the minority of the staff picks, but uh, I'm just, I don't know, maybe I have a, a, a just an affinity with Struve. I, I believe that he had a lot of promise. There was a point where I, I swore I thought he was going to be a champ, you know, and there's part of me that doesn't want to give up on that or maybe still buys into that a little bit, and I think that maybe right now, even though Arlovsky can demolish every one of us, I feel like he's not the same Orlovsky. He's slightly diminished yeah, yeah, Orlovsky. Sure. So part of me leaned to the fact that I think Struve, with his size difference and his, and just being younger and maybe coming in and being hungry for a fight because he's been away for a while, that that's why it was enough for me to lean towards him in this. But I still am super excited to see Andre fight. And I, and I always will. And, and it sucks, but I know that it could be this year. I mean, it could be maybe next year if it's not this year that we're going to be talking about that this is his it's his retirement fight it's crazy you know it's and funny cuz uh, we've been covering Andre for so long that I remember when Andre was like the biggest asshole in the world because yes. he, was, he was the biggest superstar yeah, in the world yeah. and, and he, he could hated be hated everybody <laughs> and he is intim I mean he is intimidating super like, intimidating you, you kind of forget how, I mean he's a big dude like I know he's yeah. only like 6'4 like like I mean, Struve is like seven feet tall. Like he's a towering, right? Yeah, but he's but not like, as thick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's long dude, and like wiry. There's something about Arlovski that thick. even to this day is still intimidating. It also it yeah. doesn't help that like the last few guys he's fought has been like Ngannou over. Oh no, Struve. he's fought yeah. beast. But yeah, yeah. Arlovski like back in his like run as UFC champion he's was a physical the biggest freak. asshole. Yeah, like nobody likes. But now he's just like, hey, what's up? You know, I mean, he's yeah. like the nicest it's guy. It's like Danny like, was football. saying, like uh, when Danny when Danny was talking to him, like. He's been around since like the 2000, and he's like no, yeah. he's like that's, three that's different right. ownership groups. That's true. Yeah. And he's like, does who like UFC if, if you <laughs> if you miss the early days of the UFC, like you don't know what you're talking about. Back when they were still naming the events. <laughs> that's that. Wow. UFC 28, high stakes. I'm actually giving this podcast away to Danny. I, the, the guy has more knowledge than I do. Facts. He's, He's okay. I'm, I'm done. I'm, still I'm done his, with and this. His, and his blue eyes. It's his. his blue eyes. <laughs> I, get lo- I get lost in his get lost in eyes. eyes. Uh, all right, uh, real quickly. Uh, cause God, I'm, uh, see, that's why I love this car. There's so many stories to talk about on this car. Uh, real quick, Katzengano, Ketlin Vieira. Uh, Katzengano. Uh, obviously, man, you you could spend hours talking about what yeah. she's been through, where she has to get back here. Yeah. Ketlin Vieira, meanwhile, uh, the 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 phenom from from Brazil coming sure. up. Let's just talk about real quick about the the face off they had today. How about how about the aggression of Kazangano? Yeah. And, and then you know she she storms out, she gets in her face, and then there's that subtle little move 
of the fist. If you guys want to watch this, if you're listening right now and you haven't seen the face-off, it's intense. But Sean Shelby, obviously, he's been in the middle of a million face-offs. Right. He knows, like, Cat's going to so, – so he kind of puts his hand – he makes sure there's not contact, but then Cat reaches out her arm and then shoves her hand a little bit further just to get that fist. And then they don't separate. Intense, right? And then they, like, don't – there's, like, still a – like, Sean, you can kind of see, wants them to separate. Right. And they're still looking at each other. Like, no one wants to be the first person to break eye contact. And Kat, I remember her first fight when she beat Misha. I was at that fight. And then when she stared down with Ronda, just the biggest, cheesiest grin on her face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, like, you could see, like, not, like – you could see the progression of her approach to fighting from – cheesing and smiling and laughing when she's staring down with Ronda to just be like cold-blooded. I get it, man. Yeah. Like all the all the question marks, like all the negative signs are around Cat. But dude, her intensity right now, her yeah. focus. I I picked Cat yeah. in the picks and and so did and I. I know that's I know that's hard based on her recent results and everything, but dude, I just feel like she's in a spot right now. And I mean, people forget that when she, she like broke Misha's face in that yeah. fight. Like Misha can complain all she wants about the the early stoppage, but she was she was like toasted in that fight and Cat lost the first two rounds and came back, broke her face and then lost out on the chance to fight coach opposite Rousey and then fight Rousey. At one on the card that Anderson broke his leg, so Cat missed out on that record breaking fight <sighs> and then came back and beat Amanda, lost the first round to Amanda, and then had that snap suplex takedown that I'll never forget and beat Amanda. And, like, that was the first time I watched Kat where she was not smiling at Wayne's because right. she did the whole, like, I'm not going to shake your hand approach to Amanda yep. and then just ran she through her. She needs to be angry. She, needs she to be ha- angry. absolutely needs to be angry. And, and then angry. it, it kind of worked against her when she fought Ronda. She came flying out of the gate. Yeah. Um, but that was her first fight. Like, she her, her title fight that she lost, like she said she was overzealous, but – Cat needs to be angry. All right, let, let's ask you, Jose, about uh, Mackenzie Dern on the prelims. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, a lot of expectations here, right? This is the bad spot. I mean, she's definitely talented. There's no question about it. I do feel like she's almost in this, like, no-win situation. Like, I And I kind of joked with her today. I feel like like if you don't come in and fly yeah. and triangle your opponent in 12 seconds, like it's like you failed. It could happen. <laughs> it could yeah, happen. Yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, what do you think? A, a, a I guess – I mean, do you feel like she is the real deal? She's deserving of this hype, and 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 B, uh, do you feel like this is a tough spot for her to be in? Because I feel like there's way more attention than most people. But I guess again, you know, like I was talking with Danny Austin earlier, Israel Adesanya had unrealistic expectations mm-hmm. for his debut, and he delivered in grand fashion. Well, well, give me your take. I think it's. I do agree 100 percent with you that it's going to be rough for her. I mean, I've been to see most of her. Uh, her local, she's another Arizona fighter, so I've seen her fight in Arizona a bunch, uh, and I've seen her in the gym, and she is just like, when I say there, when Daniel Cormier's like, there are levels to this, like, think of like five levels ahead of like everyone else in terms of gra- of jujitsu is Mackenzie Dern, and she's pulled off some of the craziest submissions I've seen, not just in the gym, but like in competition, and if she doesn't do that, maybe you could... Like maybe we give her a pass, octagon jitters, whatever. But like two lackluster decisions because I know people who don't really watch MMA, but they know who Mackenzie Dern is. And I didn't think like I wow. I thought Mackenzie Dern was like we like jujitsu, we like MMA, we know Mackenzie Dern. But then someone will text me and be like, hey, who's this Mackenzie Dern that I keep seeing on like SB Nation or any other site? I'm just like. She's supposed. She's like the next Ronda from everything the UFC wants to tell you, and well, she's four and oh, five and oh, maybe even less. And 
making weight's always been kind of a big deal for her. So if she makes weight and she pulls off a crazy flying, she pulls off like Ken said, a crazy flying armbar. Like, just put a rocket in her, stick, shoot her to the moon. That's right. She's got the definite star potential. All right. Well, here's what we did. Kenzie's Dern, we definitely talked to her. You can find that on YouTube. You can find it on MMA Junkie as well. But we also thought, you know what? Let's give Ashley Yoder a little shine. Let's, 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 let's let her opponent speak. Uh, that may or may not have been a directive of Cole Coffey himself as he just happened to catch the way she looked out of the <laughs> corner of his eye. Maybe. <laughs> not just not just Cole Coffey. I'm just saying. Not just Cole Coffey. Uh, so, listen, we're going to re-up on some frosty beverages. And while we do that, here is – Ashley Yoder, the woman who hopes to upset Mackenzie Dern in her much-anticipated UFC debut. All right. Well, Ashley, certainly you're familiar with the name Mackenzie Dern. That you know that she's making her UFC debut, and you're the one that draws her on the opposite side. What, what did you think when they came to you with this matchup? That they gave you this opportunity? You know, it, I, exactly. It's an opportunity, so you got to see it as that. And you know, we all go into the octagon with no special gifts. They don't get all right. Here's some metal to put in your glove. You know, so we all go in there as our own fighter, and you know, uh, I'm looking for the upset this fight. So I'm looking to be a known after this fight, you know? Is that a key to you? I mean, like you said, she's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champion, obviously, but, but is that a key to realize, like, hey, at the end of the day, a fight's a fight, and I can't give her too much credit for her grappling ability? Yeah, no, you. I always give credit when credit's due, and I think she is uh, worthy of that, but, you know, MMA is a different game, and everyone knows this. You don't have a gi on. Uh, no gi's different than gi. Um, you know, MMA is way different because you're getting punched in the face, you're getting elbowed, you're getting kneed, hopefully not bit, but everything else is pretty much allowed. Um, and on that side of it, I've had my fair share of face punching and cuts and everything else, so I'm okay with being anywhere in the cage. I feel like fighters always have something to prove. I mean, is, is it a situation where you go, listen, I know she's great on the ground, I need to avoid that at all costs, or is there a part of you that goes, you know, if I could go down there into her world and show everybody that I can hang there too, I mean, is is that something where you, you maybe have a little ego play? Oh, no. Uh, definitely looking just uh, to be where I'm comfortable, and that's anywhere, like I said. Uh, so, if standing up, ground, I'm comfortable anywhere. I don't, I'm not trying to go in and be, make it a grappling match. I'm here for fun fights, and that means face punching. So, um, and honestly, I don't mind getting bloody. So, if you've seen any of my fights, I think that's the case. And I just like to have a good fight, so I'm excited about performing. You do have the experience, at least in the UFC, the edge over her. Do you think that proves valuable at all? I mean, we hear about octagon jitters. I mean, even people that have performed at the highest level of other stages. Do you think the fact that you're going to be probably, imagine, more comfortable on fight night will, will play in your favor? You know, I've actually had a lot of more of my fights in Vegas um, than anywhere else. So that alone, plus being in the UFC for my third fight, um, gives me a little bit more comfort. You know, I've been through the T-Mobile arena. I've been there. You know, I know where the locker rooms. I can mentally visualize night. You know, so of course I think that gives you some kind of advantage and definitely gives me confidence. So um, I'm just excited to be here and be a part of it, even if I am the underdog. So I'm just here for the fans. You know. We said it, you're the underdog. She's getting a ton of attention, like, understandably so to some degree, I guess. But is there any part of you that's like, hey, you know, like this isn't this isn't fair? You know, no, you know, they're gonna see after this fight, like, hey, you know. Hopefully I make a couple of people look stupid. So um, I'm excited for the upset. And why not want the underdog to come through on top, right? So. Nice. It seems like you're playing on shocking the world. So when you, when you see this thing play out, when you do visualize it, like you said, how does it go down? 
You know, I I see it um, not going all three rounds. I see it um, uh, hopefully getting the finish, whether it's ground and pound, you know, s surprising the world with some kind of submission. You know, you never know. So anything can happen, and I've had finishes. You know, four of my five wins have been from arm bars, so don't underestimate me. All right, so Ashley Yoder, she is not intimidated. She is uh, ready to pull off the upset. The young Mike Bond is back in the house. Let's uh, let's burn through this, uh, the prelims. Benil Darius taking on Alexander Hernandez. We know Benil Darius was supposed to take on Bobby Green. We're excited to see the quick turnaround there. Yeah. Benil Darius, uh, always a big fan of that guy. Um, I don't know, Mike, any thoughts on this? I mean, Alexander Hernandez, kind of the, the unknown, of course, stepping in here, has some impressive statistics as anybody does when they step into the USC, but they got to prove it on the USC level. Yeah, that's a that's a tough draw for UFC debut, Benil oh, Dariush, man. Beast. God. Beast. I do not envy Alex Hernandez, but, hey, you got to do what you got to do sometimes to get your foot in the door in the UFC. So props to him for taking the fight. Props to Dariush for taking a, a no-win fight. I know. That's why, you know, I, I think that's the, the, the that's the point that I wanted to make out of this is that you know Hernandez, awesome man, you're stepping up. But of course, man, when you get the UFC call, you step up against anybody. Mm -hmm. I, respect to Terry for taking on a newcomer, man, because you know what, it's 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 a no win. I mean, you hate to say no win because he will get a paycheck, yep. and the paycheck is a win. Yep. Mm -hmm. But and you know you ain't taking a step forward if you beat a newcomer. Yeah, and this is the kind of fight too for. I think this is almost perfect for Darius because I feel like he's you know he was surgeon at one point, and people were talking about him as you know a guy a couple wins away from you know maybe not a title shot, but being like right there. Mm -hmm. And then he kind of lost some steam and had some time off and all these kind of things. So maybe this is exactly what he needs right now. He needs a guy that he's a big favorite over. He can go out there, maybe get a really impressive highlight reel type of finish over. Maybe if this card if this card lives up to expectations, I suspect he won't get a bonus. But right. if it's one of those things where it kind of doesn't turn out the way we think, maybe he slides in there and gets that extra 50K with like a super impressive win. So yeah, I think maybe for Darius, if you play this one the right way and fight the right way, I think it can kind of be a showcase fight that maybe reminds you, reminds people how good this guy really is. John Dotson, Pedro Munoz, bantamweight fight at, uh, you know, supposed to take place in Brazil about a month ago. Uh, we know what happened. Pedro Munoz didn't make weight. Uh, we did talk to him earlier this week, so if you do if you do want to look that up on MMA Junk, I mean, he gave a pretty extended uh, explanation. Very extended. I, I thought well, it was a really good I mean, it was very thorough. <laughs> it, it was, was very, very thorough. thorough. It may not have been the sound bite you were looking for, <laughs> but if you're looking for a thorough explanation, and, and good for him. I mean, I, I do want fighters to feel like, hey, look, Here's an opportunity to explain to you exactly what happened, and and I, you know I, I thought it was I thought it was cool on a number of levels. First of all, you know Munoz was saying, "Look, I'm not pissed at Dotson for not taking the fight. I get it. I was way over. I wasn't like a little over. I was way over. Not pissed at him for not taking the fight." Meanwhile, Dotson, I, I loved his explanation of saying, "Like, listen, man, I didn't take this fight because it, it wasn't a smart business decision. It was not the professional thing to do." Um, so I don't know. I, what was his quote? Uh, savages are savages, but savages are you know do business right, or the most savage thing you can do is you know be a good businessman or exactly. something like that. Exactly, it's, you know? it's a smart thing to do. It was it was so right. Uh, so I thought everybody involved made the right decision, including the UFC, who who booked it. I will say this. I, I will say this. Um, man, it's it's been so interesting the start of this year because, and Mike, you've even been involved in this. There does need to be some consistency with how this is handled. Like fighters do not need to be negotiating with how they will be compensated after a situation like this happens. I totally get it. I mean, because we're looking at a situation like this, like Dotson Munoz. 
and if you go back and you look at the history originally, you know, word out of Brazil is, you know, nobody's getting anything. And then we find out, oh, no, there was a miscommunication um, and, and, and all that. And, and, you know, previously it was Vitor Belfort and Uriah Hall. And I get it. Like, if you're, if you're paying Vitor Belfort like a half a million dollars and his opponent doesn't make weight. Yeah. I mean, it is hard to say – Okay, Vitor. Uh, well, bro, uh, thanks for making the scales this morning. Here's your half a million dollars. <laughs> you know, I get it. It's hard. Yeah. But it's also hard if you're a guy like Dotson, who who isn't that level of athlete, or at least that level of compensation, I should say, mm-hmm. to not know exactly what you're getting. So I do believe there needs to be some, some consistency, and I do believe again this goes back to the the need for fighters to organize somehow. I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's a union. I don't know if it's an association. I will not pretend to know the answers. But what I do know is that contracts should stipulate very clearly what happens if your opponent doesn't make weight. So I think that is something we need to not forget about this matchup. We need to remember that in our heads. This is something that the fighters need to change. All that said, now that that's in the backseat, it's a damn good fight. Yeah, I love this fight a lot. It's a it's a great matchup. I mean, gives Munoz a huge opportunity to get that signature win and kind of break through into the upper echelon of this weight class. And Dodson just needs a kind of like you know uh, talking about Benil Darius there. He needs a kind of signature moment here to really break through and remind people how good he can be. Because he's had you know when was the last time Dodson had that type of spectacular win over a he's super? Had, he's had those tough decision results, yep. man. I feel like. He's not getting the respect he deserves. I mean, he is dangerous. He's dangerous. Yeah, and he's lost a couple close decisions. I mean, he Mar- Marlon Moraes and what was the other one that he had that was a, a couple fights back that was Lineker? very close. Yeah, against Lineker. You can argue he's won both the those fight fights. that he allowed his fighter to wait in overweight. Yep. Exactly. So yeah, he learned ahead. his lesson. That was it, the one that changed him. Yep. Yeah, and was I mean, right just there? to touch on that very quickly. I mean, it's everyone wants to crap on the UFC for you know not paying them, all this kind of stuff. The days of the UFC uh, being a family-owned kind of business under the Fertitas and all that stuff, those are long gone. WME or Endeavor, I guess is yep. now. Uh, they are clearly all about the money and all about the you know pocketbook at this point, and they're going to do whatever they have to do to and keep that money. Doesn't, that and doesn't mean that they're shitty. Yeah. That just means they're a big business. Exactly. So and all that means is if you're on the other side... Get it in writing. Yeah. Get it in writing. And that falls on the managers and the fighters. If you are a good manager, you should be thinking ahead of time and planning that out and putting that in the contract. And it falls even more on the fighters. Like TikTok, guys and girls, the TV deal is coming up very soon, and you're not going to get a single penny of that unless you figure your shit out very, very soon. And, you know, God bless Leslie Smith and Cajun Johnson Mm. and all these people trying with Project Spearhead. But, you know, I, I don't suspect that comes together before the TV. No, deal. no, it's going to so, be tough so. to get that done. I will say, uh, by the way, uh, going to sit down, by the way, uh, with Cajun Johnson in London. Uh, I've already talked to him. He said he's down with it. Uh, we're actually going to do it. We're, uh, we're, we're not going to do it at the hotel. Uh, we're going to do it. Well, we might do it at the hotel, but we're not going to do it as part of – Yeah, we're not going to do it as part of the UFC's uh, scheduled interviews. You know, usually, as you know, Mike, I work through – the UFC, and I'm like, hey, will you set me up with these people? Yep. Uh, but I reached out to Cajun outside, and I was like, hey, this is not the way I normally work, but why don't, considering what I'm sure we'll want to talk about, why don't we do it outside of the realm of, uh, you know, not that the UFC would, you know, shut it down, yep. but uh, but I'm looking forward yeah. to doing that in London. We're going to have a nice full discussion on uh, 
on all those things. Yeah, that'll be great. I'm very much looking forward to that interview, and uh, you know, I know you'll kind of cover it on all bases. So that that should be great. And I think Cajun Johnson, Leslie Smith, very very good people to kind of lead it because they've been talking about this stuff for a very long time. They're clearly not intimidated to you know stand up for themselves and stand up for the rights of fighters. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean. Again, it falls on the fighters and the managers to make these type of things right because the UFC is not going to do you any favors at this point. Like, do oh. not expect much out of them. I mean, may maybe sometimes stuff will come together. You, you hear some things like, but uh, I don't. I mean, dude, listen. If I was running a business, I ain't just giving away money for free. Exactly. That's what, that, I think that's what frustrates me is a lot of people are just like, it, you know, you, you can't just automatically paint the UFC as the big bad. I mean. They're a business operator. Yeah. They're trying to make money. I mean, like, the one argument you can make is that money, they're going into the show before these guys miss weight. That money is allocated. Right. In their mind, That's you know, true. it's there. It's there to be spent, whether it's a half a million dollar purse or a $10,000 purse. They have already pre-planned by putting out this event that they're going to spend X amount of money. So, in that sense, it's like, uh, okay. Okay. All right. But, but still. You, you've, you've budgeted that with the expectations of the number of eyeballs that that money that you're spending is going to bring. You exactly. know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, it's like if we said, hey, listen, we're budging to put a half a million dollars on a billboard in hopes that it will bring eyeballs to this sport, right? But, you know, you meant to buy the half a billion or half a million dollars on the, on the billboard that's right here on the strip, and they ended up giving you one, you know, up in North Las Vegas. <laughs> right. up there, you know, you're like, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, well, well, bro. You already had that money allocated. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying. You're doing the show. Any, you know what I mean? There are – and listen, I'm not trying to say the USC is perfect. I'm not trying to defend the USC. But I just – I feel like sometimes it's too easy to sit back and be like, let's take shots at the USC. Let's tear down the USC. And you got to understand, if you're on the other side and you're the one writing those checks and you're the one spending that money – What's your expectations? You know what I mean? Exactly. And, I mean, you wanna, we want to sit here. We interact with the fighters, you know, far more than we do Dana White or any of these other executives. So you, you empathize with them a little more. You want to kind of, you know, not necessarily to say as journalists our job is to, uh, you know, be the representatives of the fighters or rally for their interests. But, you know, in a way you kind of – you want to see them treated right, especially in a sport that we know – you know, the pay could be better, all these different things. Like, it, just in general, you feel like it, there's a lot of situations the fighters should and could be getting more. But again, that falls on them. And I think in 20 years or whenever, hopefully this thing is still around and we're still covering this and it's developed to a point that there's a union and all this stuff and we're going to probably sit back and be like, holy shit, in 2018, like, how were these fighters not getting this, not getting that? Like, crazy times, I hope. Talk about crazy times. CB Dalloway versus Hector Lombard, a matchup that we never would have thought about. But, wow. you know, a matchup that, that <laughs> makes, transition. I mean, makes some sense, right? I mean, both guys, like, are on these crossroads of their careers, right? I mean, CB Dalloway, we, we go back to the to, to the injury in the elevator and, like, can't even fight in again versus Hector Lombard, who, who was once a world beater and now just That's seems like he can't get years. it done anymore. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's, I, I remember because if I recall correctly, I mean, I believe this was the first fight that was even announced for USC 222. I think so. Because I, I remember because, like, if you looked under our event listing, it was, like, literally the only fight listed. Yeah. It looked like it's the it was, main event. Yeah, the main <laughs> event. Uh, a weird fight, but honestly, like, one that makes a lot of sense uh, for two guys at a crossroads. Yeah, at this point, it's interesting because uh, you know CB did that uh, that little walk in the park at light heavyweight there in his last fight, coming back down to middleweight for this one. And yeah, it's just an interesting fight. I mean, it's a it's kind of a perfect prelim at this point, but it's just crazy how 
hard Hector Lombard has fallen. I mean, the first UFC event I ever covered is media. Was the UFC first time I met you in person? UFC 149 in Calgary. Oh jeez. He's the you know he's coming in from Bellator. He's the co-main event against Tim Boach. He's gonna be you know the next big guy. He's gonna fight Anderson Silva after a couple wins. You know he's he's all this and just to think where he is now. You know six years later, seven years later. Was that that card just, that was terrible? Oh yeah, that was. Uh, I, I remember Dana, tickets? Dana White walked no, out. Not in Calgary. Dana White walked out during the co-main event on that card because it was such a bad fight with him and Tim Boach and just that whole thing was was awful and no, they're, they're still going to make up to Calgary at some point shout out to Danny Austin but <laughs> totally yeah uh, and that falls also completely getting off track but that falls totally on Calgary for them not going back there they refuse to build a venue that can host the UFC event they could potentially lose their hockey team because that like a Canadian team because the Saddle Dome is just it, it's so old it's garbage it's yeah. uh, they refuse to you know update it sorry bro Garbage. Part of the reason, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Quiet down, Canada. Quiet down. All right, uh, real quick. Mike Pyle versus Zach Otto. Uh, let's just say this. Uh, Mike Pyle uh, walking away. It's uh, Mike Pyle is a guy that if you're new to the sport, you might not understand uh, who he was and what he meant, but a guy that's been around for a long time, a guy that uh, accomplished a lot of things outside of the UFC, a guy that was part of the original fabric of Extreme Couture and um, – it's funny, man. He he was he had the reputation for the longest time for if you if you want to go way back in the day of being like this this gym monster. Like literally anybody that would spar against him that would train with them would say like, I can't beat him. Like I, I like he kills me every day in the gym. And for whatever reason, it just didn't translate to the cage. It didn't translate to the biggest opportunities of his life. Um, but a, just a, an absolutely good dude. And, and Kolkoff, I know you were. I'm happy that we got a chance to talk to him. And I should say, Ben Folks, I believe, uh, hopefully, I, I think he should be out on Friday. He has a nice, a nice piece out on him. But um, you know, kind of, kind of talking about the the retirement fight. I know, I know, mm -hmm. you're excited to talk to him today. I was, I was, and I gave him the same look that I gave uh, Ashley Yoder when I saw him off to the totally. side. The I was like, bro, we have to go over Another there. Another professional athlete that we, we need to speak to today for the exact to same speak reason. To. I mean, this is a guy that I remember um, from when I first started uh, at the UFC in 2011. Um, you know, and this is at a point when he was doing his run, like through 2012, and uh, and in 2013 he he was one and one in 2013. But he was on a run, yep. and I remember everything that we always asked him to do um, from a, a staff per, uh, question, like, "Oh, we need a video about this." I remember shooting something with him and. Uh, Dolce about something, you know, and he was like, whatever you need. He was always the company man. He was always the guy that was just willing to do what was needed. And I loved everything about the fact that, you know, he was just like the blue collar dude that would just go out there. And I loved his fighting sound, unfortunately. His country. And this is the guy that, I mean, while he has all these wins and he has these losses, the losses are KOs and all this other stuff because he goes out and he just fights. He throws down. He's the guy, he's one of these guys that's always been willing to either go out and throw to get the knockout or by golly, if you're going to get him and knock him out, so be it, you know, but he's going to go out there and he's going to go out in his shield. And if, you, if you don't know Mike, like if, if, if you're kind of a newer person sport, you don't know about Mike Powell. If you, if you pull up his, his record on, on fight finder, yeah. sure dog, of course, the, 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 the database of databases, his first professional fight is listed in 1999 against Quentin Rampage Jackson. Think about that. That's crazy. Mike Powell and Quentin Rampage Jackson. Uh, and I've talked to him about this before. It was not his first professional fight, but he fought back in the days 
when when you know there there weren't there wasn't the fight finder there weren't there weren't athletic commissions but it, it, it's a hilarious story so he talks about like i mean rampage literally just like throwing him over the ropes <laughs> i mean just literally picking him up just throwing him over the ropes and he just came back and fought anyway he loses the unanimous decision his next recorded pro fight so think about this his first two pro fights that are recorded rampage jackson john fitch i mean this dude yeah. is i mean pile has seen all Done it all. He's definitely fought the who's who. Of, the who's who. If yeah. you look through his listing, it's crazy. Um, so if, if you're a recent fan, you might be like, ah, why do I care about Mike Powell? Dude is literally, I mean, guy has been there, seen everything, done yeah. everything. It's amazing. So uh, we talked to him briefly at your insistence today because, like yeah. you said, I mean, first you insisted on Ashley Yoder, and then you were like, another equal pro that happened to be sitting right next. To <laughs> <Ashley>. <laughs> no, but he was sitting but there. We'll have but he a, deserves well, it. I mean, I wasn't I mean, originally going to talk to Mike Powell because I know we have a nice uh, piece on him coming from Ben Folks. Yeah. And and obviously I'm not nearly the you know skilled craftsman of words that <laughs> I can't even speak at this point. But anyway, uh, here let's do this. Uh, let's listen to Mike Powell. Well, Mike, obviously the, the news is out there. This is the, this, the final trip to the cage. What's the emotion like right now, thinking that it's all, all coming to an end? Fantastic. I love it. I love it. It's been a great journey throughout my whole career and throughout this process of the camp. Uh, i got great people behind me and love and support from all the fans. It's just it's awesome. You know, I announced it early so that I could bring everybody along with me instead of making it a surprise after or whatever. I just wanted to bring everyone along with the journey, and, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. I really am. How do you reach the decision? I mean, how do you ultimately decide? Because, I mean, you've been doing this for almost all your life. You know, it's, I'm sure it's not easy to walk away from it. So what ultimately forced you to say, yeah, this is the right time? The number 43. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's just time. You know, it's, you know, at the end of the day, um, I just paychecks aren't worth it anymore at my age. You know, uh, I didn't build myself enough to have you know, big fat paychecks. So it's just not, just not worth the squeeze, you know, and that's, and that's all on me. But I have things that are lined up going into the film business and, 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 and um, uh, acting, I'm not acting, sorry, uh, stunt work. And so with that being said, I know where I'm going. Things are already in line. Um, it's going to be a nice, easy transition. And I've, I've had a hell of a ride in the sport. You know, I've made, I, I used to be an NHB fighter for Christ's sakes. You got, Young guys don't even know what the hell that acronym stands for, but um, it's just been great, man. The entire journey. You've had a little more than a year off. Uh, mm -hmm. Did you know the whole time that you're like, I'm gonna do this one more time, or was or was it kind of back and forth? Yeah, I knew, I knew, I knew if if they would give me one more after being off a year. So we sat down, Shelby and I, and he was like, Yeah, we'll we'll do that. But you're gonna retire, right? I said, I swear to God, I'm gonna retire, man. That's it. I retire. <laughs> you know, there's like I say. Gold at the end of the rainbow is not large enough for me to continue. I don't need my health. I got a four-year-old little boy. I need to be dad. I need to be healthy. Um, you know, this is this is a rough sport. So let, let, let's let's retire. What's the perfect scenario? I mean, obviously, I think a win is there. But I mean, if you go out there and you put on a three-round classic war, maybe you come up short on the cars, but the fans are going crazy. Is that still a win? So be it. So be it. What I've done in the sport, I've already done. That's behind me. This fight not, is not going to determine what legacy, if any, that I leave behind is, is going to change. Uh, but I am going to fight. I always come to fight. You know, somebody, somebody's, you know, going to get bruised up, and probably going to be both of us. <laughs> 
What does it feel like right now? It's just different than any other fight week. I mean, knowing that there's nothing on the other side of it, what, what is it like? It is, it is liberating. It is the most relaxed I've been for a, for a fight and, and, and approaching a fight. It's just that, like I say, the journey has been great, man. It really has been. It's been awesome. A, a lot of love from the fans and, and, and over the years, the true hardcore fans know who I am and, and how long I've been in the game. And get a lot of respect and a lot of love, and it, it's really great, man. It really is. Showing the depth of the card: Brian Carraway versus Cody Smile. We don't even have time to talk about it anymore. We don't, it's so late. This is late. I still got to go back. I still got to do who you got. Another you got stuff. stuff to do. Big fight, though. Brian Caraway versus Cody Simon. Uh Listen, I'll just say this. Brian Caraway, a guy that I know gets disrespected all the time. I get it. But he is a legitimate fighter, and he's very skilled. That's Cody good to see him Simon back. A, it's been a long time. It is. It's been a long Cody time. Cody Simon is a guy that I'm, I'm very high on, though, man. I, I think that dude is, is very skilled. Um, Stamon, huh? I was, I was calling him Stamon. Uh, I don't Mabon? know. Maybe it's Stamon. I always say Cody, Stamon. Cody, Mike Bond? Stamon? Stamon. Is it Stamon? Oh, says Stamon. Is it Stamon? I don't know. Jeez. I always think of like the flower stamen, but Where's John Anik when you need him? God damn it. Give you that proper pronunciation. Well, that just goes stamen? to show we're falling Stamon. apart. Stamon, stamen. Jordan Johnson. Cody. Adam Milstead. Let's talk about Cody. Let's <laughs> just now that Mike Bond has ruined it for me. Well, <laughs> thanks for listening. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> thanks for listening. Come on, get the get the vote. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Worst clothes ever. Wow, that was rough. Yeah. Three, two, one. That was my slate right there. <laughs> that was that was really good. That was really, really good. All right. Just listen to one and a half speed and it's no problem. Right, why are you talking shit? Fuck you, Mike. No. I'm just going <laughs> to cut out all the Canadians, <laughs> except for that nice one, Dave right. Austin. Three, two, one. The MMA Road Show is sponsored by Help Can we get that Irish girl from the elevator to come read it? Please put that at the end. An insurance company that helps help conscious people like runners make it so, number one. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> That's going at the end. I haven't done the end for a while. Maybe I know. We'll stick, we'll stick you should throw that at the end. end. All, right. All right, we're good? Yep. In three... Two and one.